Welcome to the Metalist, where we discuss our top five personal favorites. Yeah. Is that what you want to call it? We can all things metal, all things distorted guitars. If you dig it, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Don't forget, rate and review, like and subscribe, give us a follow, maybe give us a share. Now, you know what time it is? What time is it? I'm ready for some fucking God Hammered. The metal David D'Lo Lopez and Jason Smith. This is The Metalist. Salutations and thanks for listening to us wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this. It's The Metalist Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Jason. Again, once again with us, our good friend Aaron from the Sepultura episode. Say hi to the folks, Aaron. How is everybody doing today? Excellent, excellent. Today, we're talking about a band that is very, very near and dear to our hearts, all of our hearts. We've been looking forward to this one for a long time, also kind of dreading it at the same time because of what a task it's going to be trying to play favorites in a lot of these. We're talking about Fear Factory. Yes, From Los Angeles. finally. Established. That's the thing is there's some debate on when it was actually established. The name Fear Factory was 1990, but before that, they were actually called, it was either Ulcerate or Ulceration. But uh, and I was just going well because there's an ulcerate that's making a lot of waves right now too, you know. So yeah, they looked out. Yeah, yeah no it's, it's pretty interesting how they formed up, and then uh, <laughs> especially bringing on uh, Burton C. Bell for vocals. So if you ever watch the Digital Connectivity, their only DVD release, and he talks about it, um, either Dino or somebody overheard him singing. U2 songs in the shower. In the shower. Yeah. <laughs> I don't That's know how you awesome. go from that to fucking soul of a new machine, yeah. but thank God it happened. Well, have you heard in recent interviews, Burton says he's not a metal guy. He just joined a metal band. You know what I mean? He's more of an industrial guy. And if he does listen to metal, it's like stoner metal. Yeah, well, that's definitely, if you ever hear his fucking Ascension of the Watchers album, which I fucked up and bought, uh, <laughs> oh my God, I was expecting like Fear Factory 2.0 and mm-hmm. yeah, like I'm still in therapy. That was when they broke up the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was a weird time, but in, in reflection, it wasn't that long. It was like... What's it like? What's that? Uh, that oh my God. It's, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like... A, a shittier version of Depeche Mode. Um, <laughs> very electronic. Yeah, I might actually like that because I don't like I don't like Depeche Mode. <laughs> the, so it, it it was that combined with whatever visual artistic bullshit they were trying to do with the music video, and they're on a fucking boat like in a lake, and it's hauling ass, but the camera is constantly spinning 360 degrees, fairly fast. And it's just the whole time, and I was like, not only do I hate this fucking music. Boats and hoes. <laughs> but uh, your video is literally making me nauseous. Like, yeah. 
I've seen a few videos like that. So I was just asking because you said, you know, he's not a metal guy. I mean, the best way for me to describe this band is like they took a fucking non-metal guy. So when I think of what is the recipe for this band, I think automatically take New Order, take Depeche Mode, take Pet Shop Boys type vocal stuff where it's like that really almost operatic type stuff. It's not high vocals and mix it with Godflesh and fucking Napalm Death. Yeah, and, well, and that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, yeah. Well, specifically the the cleans come from Godflesh for their very select cleans well, that yeah. Godflesh does, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah old sure. school Napalm, and then they added little ingredients here and there. I don't know if this is still the case, but for a while, uh, Bert was a what did he call it? Ancillary quote unquote vocalist for Ministry and Ministry. They cite as a big oh, yeah, influence he's, too. He's done a lot of stuff. I I think they were really good at like really kind of uh having a like a lot of bands dude they have this bass sound mm -hmm. but they really were good about incorporating different things and if it worked they kept doing it and if it didn't they'd just get rid of it yeah, yeah. absolutely and you're talking about like well and you can just see that over the progression of their albums uh just like extreme shifts in dynamics on their sound and where they're going then they had like a couple in the middle that sounded similar but they just kept altering and altering it, and then, yeah, I've been fucking. Oh fan. yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. I guess on that note, Aaron, what was your first exposure to Fear Factory? Okay, so my, so same thing, uh, like how we talked about in the Sepultura episode. My drummer, uh, this is down in South Texas, he big music aficionado. He had libraries worth of uh, music, and so he gave me a copy of Demanufacture. Oh shit! Because he wanted. Would, we wanted to play a replica um, as part of our set. And so I put that in and then like from the title track, I was like, holy shit. I'm like, who, who are these guys? And before I'd even got to finish that album, uh, get all the way through it, he gave me a copy of Obsolete. So I got, and which is, to tell you right off the bat, that's my favorite Fear Factory uh, same, record. Same, Yeah, buddy. Uh, so I got two of like arguably they're two of their best albums out of their catalog like within a couple of weeks of each other so it was just fucking shotgun blast to the face and been a diehard fan ever since nice uh jason how about you hell yeah well i'm like listening to replica right now let's see i think the first time i heard it i was at my buddy Waylon's house we used to call it payless because he was known as pele <laughs> Pele Way, also known as Wainel. <laughs> Wainel. Uh, yeah, I mean, I gave him that one after a while. He's not real fond of it, which made it more fun. Which just made it more fun. Can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, we had this tiny little house out in, on the corner, like in the country. But I mean, fucking tiny. It looks like a fucking uh, what do they call those things here? Granny. Granny Granny oh, flats, yeah, that's, yeah. It, yeah, it's like those type of things, but it's like a, it's like this fucking house or whatever. Like rap and I remember sitting on the couch and someone was playing it, and I, I, you know, I'd never really, I hadn't heard a whole lot of vocals like that, and, and some of it was the drum sound, you know, that really clicky fucking kind of yeah. sound. Yeah, and I, it, I asked him, and again, I mean, I'd heard like maybe thirty seconds of it, and I was like, "Yo, is this fucking? Is this like New Pantera or something?" 
And they were just like, no, it's fucking Fear Factory. And I was like, oh, and I'd seen the name like in magazines or whatever. So the first song I heard was Demanufacture. And I think the two guys that bought them, the one bought Demanufacture, the other bought Soul of a New Machine. So I kind of heard the first two albums like in the same day. And I actually liked Soul of a New, at the time, I liked Soul of a New Machine better because it was more death metal sounding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'd been in a death metal for a while but like everybody else much preferred demanufacture and i get it i it's still it's one of my favorite albums of theirs obsolete is not my favorite album of theirs my favorite album there's actually sorry dino but it's archetype um we're gonna get into that for sure uh, yeah pretty pretty easily (laughs) (laughs) pretty easily my favorite oddly enough my second favorite is mechanize so there you go okay oh god it's so fucking good we're gonna get into that for sure too (laughs) oh boy i forgot to mention too with that so because you were saying you had heard about them and seen them in magazines i had no idea who they were until it was one of the metallica used to put up the that they had that double VHS of the whole recording thing for the black album. Yeah. And, uh, there was one segment in there where Kirk Hammett's like fucking raging in a hotel room playing his guitar super fucking loud in the middle of the night and everybody's getting pissed off. And they were talking to him and he was like, man, I've been listening to this band Fear Factory a lot. That was the very first time I ever heard of them. And I was like, what the fuck is a Fear Factory? because <laughs> other bands and i was like that sounds like some techno bullshit and how oh. goddamn wrong i was <laughs> a fear I, factory funny, for dude. me would be uh pretty much just the grand Ole opry oh god <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's apparently much there's a fear some, factory for me apparently there's some <laughs> shitty carnival haunted house thing called fear factory too i don't know which came first oh. um oh yeah i've I, driven by it oh for real yeah, it's like in LA. That yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's one there's one in Salt Lake City too, I think. You can see it from the highway, you look over and it's called Fear Factory. Fear factories, <laughs> as it were. It's yeah. funny it's funny you bring it up that I think it's called Year and a Half in the Life or something like yes. that by Metallica. I gotta yeah. watch I was just thinking last night how I still have to watch that, so now I have something to look forward to. Oh, that's yeah, good. I have a copy of it if you need it. <laughs> I very might well hit you up on that soon. <laughs> um my first exposure so here's a funny thing i have when i actually was first exposed and then when i remember being first exposed because it took me years to figure that out i i'm thinking like a lot of people my age the first time i would have heard them was the mortal Kombat soundtrack actually i just didn't know their name at the time apparently they play zero signal when whoever's fighting either sub-zero or scorpion i haven't watched that movie in years so i don't remember I just started watching it the other day, too. That same album was the very first time I ever heard Typo Negative because they redid uh, Blood and Fire for that, which is fucking worlds above the original one on the album. So yeah, good. yeah. Yeah, that and Napalm Death with Twist the Knife Slowly. So, like, that was the one, yes. you know, first exposure for a lot of things. And then your random stuff like Sister Machine Gun. It, it was a weird album, but, like... It's awesome, and it's it is. crucial. Fucking but again, <laughs> I, didn't, um, I didn't remember the name Fear Factory for years, so what I remember the first time was you and I are the same age, Aaron. We, we know what's mm-hmm. up. It's Limp Biscuit, $3 Whoa. bill, y'all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 what's yeah. Up. yeah with uh, that, wow. that little shout-out to Christian and Dino at the beginning of uh, Indigo Flow. 
Yes. So I was just like fear factory. Okay. I'll have to keep an ear out for this. And I <laughs> did. And I really liked what I heard more specifically back when MTV was still, it was before it was 1999 and they did the MTV spring break. I don't even know if that's still a thing or not, <laughs> but they decided to do a little wrestling <laughs> integration thing where they had a, but I don't know what league or um, company of wrestlers, but they did a thing where it's like, all right, we're doing the, the cool guy wrestling thing for, for spring break on MTV. And we're, we got this band fear factory and the idea is they're going to play an entire song and everybody has to beat the shit out of each other. And whoever it sounds like standing, the fucking greatest thing ever. Kind of was. I wonder, I wonder if that's still on like YouTube or something. Um, but yeah, so that's the idea is like they play three songs and whoever's left standing at the end of each song is the winner or whatever. Um, it was stupid as hell, but it was awesome. So they played Fear Fat, or excuse me, they played uh, Shock. So that was the first time I heard that. And I was like, I need this album immediately. Yes. Uh, and you know, it was like one song per commercial break or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was um, Shock, then it was Edge Crusher, and then the third I don't remember. I, I will have to find this on YouTube. But um, but that was a hell of a crash course or crash course introduction, man. Right, and that's right after that. What? Yeah, it was so right that, after obsolete. Fucking, yeah, so they were like, that was that was like peak Fear Factory right there because that same summer, uh, they played Ozfest and that was the first time I got to see him. Oh, okay. So it was it was the summer of Fear Factory, man. It was like everything else, and then when I heard obsolete, it was like. Pfft. I never got to see him uh, with the original lineup i've only seen them since i've lived here when they played at brick and that was my very first brick by brick show after moving to california was a uh, fear factory and in a uh, fucking uh, one of the local bands are not uh, under the stone open for them Ooh. nice dude yeah. shout out scotty oh man okay yeah that shout was my Rory. exposure because my my buddy that i was stationed with at the squadron was friends with uh alex and rory and uh, he was like, yeah, I want to go. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, Fear Factory? Of course I'm going to go. And then the rest is history. Now I'm fucking basically live there. Uh, <laughs> what, what about was this? I'm still I'm trying to picture that. 2011. Uh, okay. All righty. I'm trying to gauge. So, yeah, I saw him in 99 on OzFest with the, you know, classic lineup. Then I saw them at Kane's, rest in peace, Kane's. And that was the first club show I ever went to when they were on Digimortal, so it was that same lineup. It was them, Puya. Um, oh, God, that would be killer. <laughs> yeah, Primer 55. This is 2001, so keep that in mind. Jason's already laughing. And then the opener oh, was... Oh, Wasis! Yeah, and they just got that singer back, too. I'm stoked on mm -hmm. that. Uh, and then the opener was Dry Kill Logic, with their had just come out at that one album. Um, what is it, Nightmare? Either way. So, new metal era, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's the same never, thing. Yeah, so, so Keynes has not been a thing for 17... No, okay, it hasn't been a thing for a long time. But it was on the corner, the southwestern corner of Belmont Park. It was fucking awesome. It was right next to the beach. My buddy Kev, right after the show, just ran out, ran out of the building, jumped the barricade, and ran into the ocean because he was <laughs> so hot. Like... <laughs> It was an awesome time, dude. Yeah, it was only it was literally a fucking tiny little porch, a sidewalk, a brick wall, or like a concrete half wall, and yeah. then sand. Yeah, dude. It was I saw some good stuff there. And then 
shit happened. Um, then after that, I saw them with um, it was Slipknot and Chimera for the. It was right when Subliminal Versus came out, and it was at Soma. Imagine that. That was oh wow. That was a stacked ass lineup. Main stage or side Main stage? stage? Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine Slipknot on side stage? I would love that, dude. Oh my god, it'd just fucking smell like feet and assholes in there. Yeah. I mean, it still did. You know, it's Soma main stage for Slipknot was gnarly, dude. Uh, and then I saw them, and this is when they had uh, so it was Christian switch to guitar, and then it was Byron. Archetype. Yeah, from um. Strapping young lad on bass. Uh, Byron Stroud. That's what, that's when I saw him was on that one. I've never seen him with Dino Cazares. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, they did a headliner right when Transgression came out. And it was below them was Soil Work. Below them was Strapping. So Byron did double duty. And then the opener was Dark Hane, And that was... That's my favorite time I've ever seen. So that that's, was- that explains it. So Because I was like, it was such a weird lineup. So Soil Work had come... Um, whatever year it was, uh, Fear Factory played two shows like very, very close to each other. Yep. Um, right, yeah. And one was, and so did Soil Work. Mm-hmm. And then Soil Work came because I still have the flyer for it. Um, and it was one, it was, they were redoing the fucking, uh, or the anniversary tour for D Manufacture yep. and playing the whole thing. So then they did that. I can't remember which one was first. They either did that and then the next show was just like, a fucking greatest hits every song you wanted to hear yeah. they played yeah so it was uh if, if it's the one with god hammered when our friends god hammered yes. to play with them there we go it was yeah. november of 2015 because i was pissed because it was booked the same night as parkway at um parkway and die art is murder at uh house of blues so oh, i was like shit. fuck so i ended up going at the end because they did the first night was san diego the last night was uh la at the wiltern so i ended up going to wiltern to see parkway and die oh, okay god damn and I was that's like, a, of, of course, I was week of shows right yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, um, it was, I was like, of course, I got to go see the homies play with, with Fear Factory, one of our favorite bands. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I had to be there for that. But yeah, bef- uh, after that, it was, it was, so that was the thing. It was the 25th anniversary, or no, was it? It was the 20th anniversary yeah. of the manufacturer. But because it took so long to book it in the States, it was the year after. So it was the 21st, right. really, but same deal. Um, yeah, and they played all of D-Manu front to ba- or D-Manufacturer front to back, except the last song, because that's not a very live-conducive song anyways. Right. And then it was like a mini Greatest Hits thing. Yeah, uh, because it was still it, – it was just awesome seeing – piss christ played live yes yeah 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 we're gonna <laughs> like, get into that for sure shit. and there's one other time i saw them between all those but we'll get to that in a sec um and then that's been it for now because they've been involved in a, a lawsuit for years now that's oh god yeah I, them. I can comment on that too uh when we get to that yeah um so let's start at the beginning real quick then 1989 or 1990 whatever Dino and Bert link up because they're roommates. Yeah, like you said, he hears them singing in the shower. Did you guys ever hear the original Fear Factory demos that came in the special edition of... Um, one sec. Bastard-ass alarm. Great timing. There we go. Sorry. Um, keep Hey, keep going. I'm just... I gotta go grab something to drink. Hold on. Just, yeah, just yeah, keep, yeah. keep doing your thing. Yeah. Did you ever get the uh, special edition of Mechanized when it first came out in 2010? I did. So you got the one with the three bonus tracks at the end where it's the original demos? Yes. So that's one thing that I've always loved about Fear Factory is you knew if an album came out and then they kind of stopped doing it. Um, yeah. Just wait 
the digi pack is going to come out and it's going to have a fuck ton of other songs on there. Yeah. But, uh, I didn't realize that that was, I didn't pay attention that those demos were, uh, you know, the first iteration. Yeah. Cause it was literally just Dino, Bert and a drum machine. Like yeah. one of those eighties ass, you know, oh, nightclub drum machines. Fucking way. Yeah. I love it, dude. And it's songs that all appeared on, um, soul of a new machine. Mm-hmm. And I want to say there was other bonus tracks on that. I don't know. Cause they I know redid a uh, crash test. Yes. Yeah. 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 That op- possibly scream wise is my favorite Burt performance. Those, those remakes of those songs. Like, mm-hmm. like he sounds on fire, dude. I, oh yeah, talking the crash test re-recorded version on Mechanize. Yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, because yeah, this was yeah. Just if it, well, you probably remember this too, Jason. That just the if they came out with an album, it was like almost a guarantee that eventually a digi pack is in the works and it's going to have a shit ton of bonus tracks come out. So just. <laughs> Yeah, so I always ended up buying their fucking albums twice. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you know I would never was, do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd never do I it. No, that, I just, that's fair. I mean, I would just I would download this. I was already downloading shit by then, and yeah. I was just like, no, I'm not buying this fucking album twice, dude. Like, you were there's smart. no way. I, I'll I'll wait till some other dipshit fucking buys it the second time, and then I'll just record Burn the a shit. Yeah. Well, or on tape, but the the thing is, like, a lot of the stuff that they would put on there, yeah, it's extra shit, but it's garbage. Like, it's it's uh, very rarely was there like usually well, primarily like one really good song on there. Obsolete and Digimortal oh, yeah. had a shit ton of bonus tracks, and I love every fucking single one of them. Same, yeah. Super biased with it, so I was like, oh my god! So it was. Like getting an EP, basically. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, yeah. In order, because obsolete. In order to have cars, you had to buy the regular one. Right. Oh, sorry, the Digipack one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so zero zero where evil dwells. Awesome. So wound. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I had design, no idea awesome. until we started doing this, uh, doing the research for this, that that was a cover song. Yeah, because I've never heard the original. Yeah. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. That was like my favorite song it. when I was like fucking seven years oh, old. Oh, dude, it's awesome. Castle the whole reason. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I thought you were talking about cars. Sorry. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's why I was really surprised. I was like, wait, no, what? I dude? was like, fucking choked on my water. Oh, fuck man. no. Not Gary Newman. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, I bought, I bought Candio, the album, by the cars because I thought that that's that who did that song. Oh, man. Yeah, back when you I had no other young. options for that, that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was reflecting on a similar thing last night. Of thank God for stuff now. You know what I mean? Like avoid consumer confusion and all that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so yeah, somewhere there there is a tandem history we got to discuss with Brujeria, which we're gonna get into a Brujeria episode one day too. Um, but like you know, because they start around the same time, and it's a lot of the same cast of characters. I don't know when Raymond enters the fray for Brujeria. I'm trying to remember who the original fucking drummer even was. I, it was well, I yeah, because if you listen to Brujerismo, it sounds like a fucking Fear Factory album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, even in tandem, um, so it's up to a point. They get Raymond for both bands at some point. So we go into the first one, recorded at Blackie Lawless from um, Wasp, Wasp Studio. Yeah. yeah. First time ever recording for a young up-and-coming producer, Ross Robinson. Have you guys heard Concrete? Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, I, I, it's yeah. <laughs> it, it's fucking it, that. That's an understatement. Yeah. Um. 
which I I guess what was that originally supposed to be there? So I have it. That it's everything's forgettable on it. That's not something that got released later on in another album. But, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it's it's all on Spotify. Yeah, Concrete, yeah, the entire thing is on Spotify. So the story for the, was for any, if anybody wants to hear it. Yeah, it's well. So that was the big trip. Was they 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 must have had a record obligation still left on their contract when they first broke up, and Roadrunners like fine, give us the oh. first album. Because they did that, and then they did hate, hate files. Yeah, we'll get into the uh-oh. hate files. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, the, yeah. So, because I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, that it must have been all get us out of our contract shit, dude. Because yeah. I know they don't <laughs> want some of that shit released. But we'll get to that. So, Concrete is interesting because it's supposed to be their first album, but it's more of just a very full length demo. Um, and the story was they so they've been doing lawsuits before the band was even like officially a thing right so they had a lawsuit saying they didn't want to release because they thought it sucked um and there was a whole thing back and forth between that so the agreement was that uh that came out of it was that they could still use the songs and re-record them elsewhere but ross robinson could use that as a demo for other bands and then he got the corn job and the rest of the is history you know yeah so talk about very humble beginnings but yeah man that's that's just a really rougher version of um a lot of stuff on Soul of a New Machine, and then other songs pop up everywhere else. Um, so moving on to Greener Pastures, Soul of a New Machine, 1992, dude. Fucking awesome. Was live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When when Bar or Bert was trying to do his best Barney, and to his credit, he does yeah. a fucking good job. He, he, there's yeah, some fucking <laughs> there's like some that. crazy rage on that album. Oh <laughs> yeah, man. And that's the thing, too, is I think it's underrated, and I really like it a lot, but, like, it's not as cohesive an album as the others that follow. It is more just a collection of songs, and, like, there's no real central And there's theme. a lot of fucking songs on that album. Yeah, and it's a lot. Yeah, dude. Um, and it's fucking vicious, man. It's Colin Richardson in prime Colin Richardson when he'd already worked with Napalm and uh, Carcass and really cutting his teeth there. So it's got a, it still has an awesome sound, even if it's not quite as refined as the others. The industrial element isn't quite fully there. It's more of like, yeah, it's an extreme metal album with industrial elements. Right, it's almost a grind album, dude. Yeah, like, it really yeah, is. It is, and it's 17, 17 songs. Yeah. And I mean, they're really short. Yeah. But if you listen to fucking... You listen to fucking do 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... The seeds That's were literally planted. everything you're going to hear from Fear Factory from there on out. Yeah, man. Yeah. Even you know, uh, I mean, scapegoat. shout out to Scum Grief. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're gonna. I got. I, I got. I don't know about you guys, but I got some uh, honorable mentions. This this was a hard one. This was really hard. I had to omit entire albums. It sucks. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. I had no idea how daunting of a fucking task this was going to be because when you when we first <laughs> talked about it, I was like, I got this shit in the bag. And then I, this isn't like the Sepultura episode where like we all already fucking knew um, what we wanted. And I was like, well, let me go back and look. And I'm like, God damn it. I love the fucking shit out of every single album. Mm-hmm. Um, There's one album of theirs I don't particularly like. There's two that I haven't really, well, that one included. There's like two albums of theirs that I've probably only heard like one time. Which is funny because if the one like you don't like through. is what I think it is, Aaron and I love that album. We, I've, we've had this <laughs> discussion before. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. I don't like that one at all. Uh, that's fair. It, but I, I know it's a lot of people's fair. favorite. And that's but another I, I, one. It's weird because Genexus is the other one that I've only ever listened to one time. And it's not anything against the album. It's actually, I just listened to it again, like for the second and third time yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's a really good album. It's, it's all relative, you know? It's, it's so, so when we did our big top 10 or whatever, this was a top fiver for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fear Factory anyway. And I mean, it wasn't even, they weren't in my top 10. They've never been like a favorite of mine. They've always been really high. Like as far as like, I just really like this band. One reason is I have this really crippling affinity for fucking death metal. But I also have a the same affinity for melodic stuff. And not just melodic death metal, like just like melodic music, period. Yeah. And I did like a lot of those fucking 80s new wave fucking shit. Like, and, you know, so for me, it was like. a huge fan of that. I've never been, for a lot of people I know that I, that I used to hang out with and whatnot. Um, whoa. Yeah, did you see that hey, too? Our meeting includes yeah. unlimited minutes. All right, so. That was weird. <laughs> Thanks. They've. Yeah, for a lot of people I know, these are like this is like their heavy like this is what they this is their heaviest band they listen to. This is like death metal without listening to death metal for a lot of people that I yeah, know. It's super yeah. palatable. Um, this it, is their death metal band. The bridge across that divide for a ton of people. It was yeah, yeah, like these guys are more of a fucking gateway, I would say, than even Black Dog and Murder, because they do have a lot more like catchy melodic mellow parts. Where I still think Black Dahlia Murder is a little bit. Uh, you would go from Fear Factory to Black Dahlia Murder yeah. and to fucking Death Metal. So it's a yeah, I, I couldn't see it being the other way around. Um, yeah. If you were introducing somebody like this, would be the gateway to Black Dahlia. Yeah, I still yeah. want to do a Gateway Bands episode one day because I, I have. Oh, some, for sure. I, obituary is up mean, there for sure. For me, this is just another heavy band that I like. So I was going through, I mean, I, I would, I can't even really call it a list. I just wrote down like 40 fucking songs, but I, I mean, I was bad. Yeah. I was thinking like, okay, instead of honorable mentions, maybe we should just have a section where we just talk about fucking songs or whatever. But yeah, because I was uh, like, son of a bitch. I have like 2,300 honorable mentions. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> I mean, it wasn't just me. There's just, a, well, there's me. a lot of fucking songs that there's to me for this band. Like there's not a really solid five to 10 songs that are just literally just head and shoulders above everything else. Yeah. You know, it's, it's no, and I agree. Cause it was the same thing when I was looking through these and I'm like picking and choosing and I'm like, do I like that one more? <laughs> do I, do I? And I'm like, God damn, this is fucking difficult. <laughs> In fact, well, I let can't me remember pitch what you this. band it was. Huh. Let me pitch you this. Instead of doing all the honorable mentions at once, you want it when we're going album by album, you want to just throw out what you have in there? Because we could, yeah. I could probably break it up a little more, dude. Yeah, well, that's how I had to end up splitting mine up to list them. Cause sure, I was like, and if it's in yeah. your list, we could just say pass. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If it's in your list, just say pass. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, that's – I don't remember what band we were doing, but I, we had said like um, – ah, fuck. Forgot my tra- – lost my train of thought. It's all good. I lost well, well, my cool. Dream Theater album. Yeah, yeah. The, nice, anyway. nicely done. <laughs> Six degrees of inner separate or inner turbulence. Um, you know what's funny is because this this they weren't like a really they, like the seeds of what they were going to be was in there, but 
but they weren't really like fleshed out as a concept yet. So they had songs. They weren't doing the man versus machine thing quite yet. So one song's about um, well, there's a bunch of war songs. There's uh there's an anti animal cruelty song in there. There's like a wrongfully accused murder. Like like the themes are all over the place, which I kind of dig. Yeah. And curiously enough, the one guy whose favorite album this is that was in Fear Factory is the one guy that wasn't on it. This is Christian's favorite uh, Fear Factory album. Yep. Because of those elements. Um, and if you've ever been curious, because everybody knows industrial rock or industrial metal, if you've ever been curious about what out, honest to God industrial music actually sounded like before those elements got uh, introduced, the song Natividad on there is the actual the definition of what industrial music is from like Germany yeah. back in the 70s he and 80s. That for his mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, it's just like somebody put a recorder in a factory or in a, and like turned it on and then left. And yeah. it turns out, and because I, I went back because I was curious about the roots of industrial music back in the day, and I was like, "Oh, that's what this shit is." That's like entire albums of this. It's like literally dudes going into. It sounds to me like literal dudes going into factories and pushing play or record on a on a boombox or something, and that's right. what comes out. So it's, it's like this one fucking jams. Yeah, Why man. It's just clink, clink, clink. But how you get from that skinny puppy shit, dude? Yeah. So how you get from that to Ministry and Nine Inch Nails? I'm still trying to figure out the link, but it's it's interesting to see where all those roots come from. So it's the same way you take any fucking thing that's kind of extreme, and then somebody comes along and fucking makes it a little more palatable. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly, exactly what it is, and then yeah. eventually it gets mixed with metal because everything does. So. Dash. And if it doesn't, it will be soon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, Soul of a New Machine, I think, is a very underrated album. And it's cool that it still gets the love that it does, even though I think it could get some more. Um, is, so let me ask you this. Is Bert the first guy to do the singing and screaming? I'm pretty sure he is. So everything that I've read, I, I don't know. Um, I but no. apparently people have researched the shit out of it and for – that genre of metal there everybody seems to be in agreement, minus jason that, <laughs> that he initiated because because it's basically a grind album and there were no fucking clean vocals in grind and he did that and that's what caused them to really stand out and set them apart from everybody else because everybody there's grind all sounded the fucking same right as and, much as uh, i love it yeah <laughs> Yeah, for real. And then it's a very, very tight niche, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. even more than death well, metal. I know you can't see me, but I'm gonna put my middle fingers down. But <laughs> so the reason I say no is because Phil Anselmo. Yeah, but what, he what sang was... and screamed, green screamed in the same exact song. Now Burton sounds like Burton C. Bell. Burton's very unique. Yeah, when Burton's singing, there's not a lot of people that sound like him. That's he's true. one yeah, of the few unique voice. singers. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously when he's screaming, sometimes you can tell it's him. Sometimes you can't. It could be anybody, whatever. But I mean, as far as screaming and singing in a, in the, within the same fucking song, I mean, no, because Phil Anselmo did it before that. You know, you know yeah. I mean, I, I, just I think what they were referring to, well, yeah, I can say it like as far as screaming, singing, but doing like the guttural growls. The guttural well, it's like if you're if you're gonna go within the like in a more extreme direct, yeah, it's definitely more extreme than what Pantera was doing. Well, uh, like, absolutely, no, I, I, I but I mean, at the same time, if you're if you're talking like singing and and just 
you know, just rough, harsh vocals and clean vocals mixed together. And I don't even think Phil Anselmo was the first one to do it. I think there was that dude from Extol. X, uh, X-Order? Or X-Order, yeah. Uh, Kyle was, McLaughlin the, or something like that? <laughs> no, oh, Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold on. Kyle McLaughlin. I got to get girls. props, yeah. <laughs> Showgirls oh, gets gets a sweet lap dance from fucking Jesse Spano. Yeah, <laughs> in the pool, dude. That was full bone. That yeah. was not just a lap dance. That um, was that was spin Kyle, cycle. Kyle Thomas. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle Thomas. Fucking hell. My bad. Uh, <laughs> but no, like, but I, I just listened to X Order a little while ago, and it's. I, I never understood why everybody said Pantera ripped them off, and then I yeah, listened to them. Real. Like, wow. Yeah. Okay. There's a little bit maybe, but uh, so the other thing that occurs to me is also no, because he says he got his cleans from Godflesh. So Godflesh would have been screaming and singing before that too. Right. Godflesh was there too. Yeah. And, and like I, all I, the I mean, Peaceville vans, your, your, my dying bride, your paradise lost. So, I mean, yeah, so there's some in there. I think Bert was the first one to do it the way he did it, but like, this was know. one of the first bands other than helmet that for a long time, ah, dude, helmet it bothered me a little bit that the vote, you know, the carpet didn't match the drapes, dude. Right. (laughs) I mean, it would have been brand new at the time. Right. I remember the singing didn't match the music. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The greatest (laughs) analogy ever. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You mentioned that I was watching Craig from stray from the path, do a little Q and a on Instagram this morning and he dyed his hair pink just to fuck with people. And somebody asked him, does the, uh, do the curtains match the drapes? And he was literally sitting there for a sec. He's all, isn't that something else? Yeah, that doesn't sound right, dude. So shout out to the guy that fucked that euphemism up. Um, wow. But like, yeah, man, for what it is, it's, un- it's a fucking revolutionary album and it's underappreciated. I, I'm stoked anytime they play songs off of it. Oh, yeah. so we want to get into some select songs that, that really stand out to people. Because the first, first one that comes to mind, obviously, is... Um, Martyr, right? Is that the name of the song? I had to be like, shit. Martyr. That's the first one, Martyr, yeah. Yeah, because they all have Martyr. similar one-word titles for, for similar things, too. Because another one, Scapegoat, and that song rules, too. Yeah, Scapegoat. Like, I have become a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so... It it's was jarring. so weird to me. I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> well, so, and this would have been the fir- fourth album I heard, because I heard obsolete and then demanufacture and then um at the time digimortal and they were already broken up actually by the time i finally got this album so when i heard it i was like whoa this is yeah i didn't i i didn't get uh (laughs) this album till way later um Mm -hmm. i think right before digimortal came out i got a copy of it and so it was and we've had this discussion before where like i get introduced to a band on a certain album like this is awesome and then i was like fuck but fortunately for this this I was like, holy shit, this is like brutal heavy compared to obsolete. And, uh, but it was good. It wasn't like fucking napalm death. And then I go back and get their first album. I'm like, oh my (laughs) fucking God. Yeah. (laughs) A little different. Just a little. Which is weird to think because they were only five years apart, but you know, time, time was a lot. Five years apart, 23 albums in between. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just funny also thinking about all this, talking about the singing and screaming contrast. I remember I handed this to a buddy of mine and he comes back and I was like, so what'd you think, dude? He's like, 
I liked it. I just think that it's weird that they got another guy to do a completely different vocal style. And I had to be explain that there was the same guy to him. And just There's this phenomenon. At, where yeah. <laughs> and looking at the wheels turn in his head, it was like, He's I just like, told no him. Fucking way. Yeah. I just told him Santa Claus either wasn't real or maybe was real. And like, like yeah. he had the same reaction the other way. It was, <laughs> it was intriguing. Um, let's see what else is good in the album, dude. I got, I got my list right here. Life blind. I love man. And that, it took me years. Cause I got the digital, what is it? Digital immortality or digital connectivity? Digital connectivity. Yeah. Digital connectivity. And the, the beginning of life blind is the, um, is the menu music and the front menu. So when I finally got the album, I was like, Oh, that's the menu song. Yeah. And then I heard the rest of the song and I was like, Holy shit. Which that video is awesome because there's a lot of live performances from that album release that are yeah. on there. And he does like scum grief and uh, martyr and all that shit live. And it's, he was much more brutal in his vocals uh, than compared to today. Yeah. He, um, it's crazy to think he might've been like a teenager, if not early twenties or something. Um, wild. And then, yeah, like you said, scum grief is my other, Oh, never mind. We're talking about that later. My bad. <laughs> yeah. There's some great stuff. Rise Above Oppression, Big God Rape Souls. Um, it, towards the end, like the last few songs, it gets kind of, okay, dude, we, we could probably wrap this up. Yeah. But like. <laughs> like you know, you've made the cut. Yeah. The album yeah. is more than 30 minutes. So you've yeah. broken the gore, <laughs> the gore um, record. Barely. Yeah. Barely. Any, <laughs> any other songs anybody wants to bring up? Later. I don't have a lot <laughs> yeah. to bring up. Outside. Fair enough. <laughs> So it's funny. Dino was actually on the uh, episode. So shout out, first of all, not fast for doing what Jamie Josta says should have been done a long time ago and making their own um, multimedia channel thing. So now it's more than just a fest. It's a brand. And they've started a whole thing. Clown has an interview section. Uh, Craig from straight from the past show. The downbeat is hosted by them now. And uh, bees from that's not metal has an interview, a weekly interviews thing in addition to some other things. And they actually said, fuck it. I'm having Dino Cazares on to talk about fear factory. Cause nobody else is right now. And uh, so commend commendations on that. And they talked about, they talked a lot about soul of a new machine, which was cool. And he says that that was the whole thing is he was, they were trying to fit in with the extreme scene and the extreme scene wasn't having them because of, you know, their more melodic side and nobody was doing what they were doing at the time. So from here on, they move into their very, very distinct own direction, carving their own path and kind of setting the trend for, I'd say, that generation of metal as a whole in the 90s, dude, when people were yeah. really doing their own thing. I, I don't think anybody sounds like them. I think people you can tell have like influences of Fear Factory, but there's, it's not like they're one of the bands that, so like take Metallica and Trivium, for example, everybody's like, man, it sounds just like Metallica. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I've never heard anybody be like, "God damn, that's a carbon copy of Fear Factory." Like, no yeah. one's replicated that. Yeah, there, there is a subset of the bands like Nemec, rest in peace, and Raunchy, yeah. and all the the more cyber metal deep. bands. Why'd you yeah. have to bring them up? I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're gonna get to that another day for sure. Um, but like, nobody did it like them either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Raunchy was more poppy, and then um, Nemec had more of the seven-string thing going on, which Fear Factory did too. But you know, I hate. I hate using the word genty, but that's it is kind of what it is. Yeah. And um, but yeah, nobody did it quite I like love Fear Factory. Fans. <laughs> yeah. So then we arrive three years later. Oh, and shout out to Andrew Shives, who never actually played on the album, but he did. He was the live bass player, and then they get um, Christian on bass, 
by way of a fear factory connection if they've never mentioned that story he, he yeah which it's it, they talk about it on the digital connectivity and to this day um one thing me and my the guy that i record with with chaos to this day, like, to this day! <laughs> that's <laughs> and, like the uh, best fuck i love that guy <laughs> Shout out to that to this day guy. I don't know who the hell it was. I don't know where it's from. I don't know what you guys are I talking s- about, but now I'm confu- now I'm curious. Oh my god, is it a YouTube thing? Uh, yeah, dude, I have to send it to you. <laughs> okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. I completely fucked my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So they're talking about when they're like, "Hey, we got a friend from Germany, or you know, whatever. He can play bass." And they're sitting there like, "Hey, make sure you ask him if he can triple pick." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck that means to this day, and we've been playing for fucking well over twenty years. Trip- and I'm it's like, triplets. Is that it? Yeah, Iron Maiden oh, has that- slow triplets. Fear Factory has fast triplets. I'm like, why? I've never heard anybody other than in that video refer to it as that, and that's because we were like, yeah, I'm like, you're talking about like the galloping rhythm, the fucking Iron Maiden. Like, yeah, I've never heard of anybody call it a triple picking, but yeah, it was yeah. triplets. That's that's on our bio for our Twitter, right? Is we we say we're from Triple Picking City or whatever. <laughs> triple Picking City. I thought that's no, what I think it we're said. double. I think we're double picking city. Was it double or Rift City? Yeah. Now I'm curious. <laughs> we I can pull it up. Anyways, yeah. So the he he's on vacation. So he's been on. Uh, shout out to Doc Coyle. Doc Coyle's <laughs> we're from double uh, picking city. Oh, is it okay? <laughs> so you know, it's a mul- it's a more than one picking city. Let's go with that. Yeah, so shout out to Doc Coyle's show, X-Man. Everybody go check that out. He had Christian on one day, and he elaborated on that story a little more. He was on vacation from Belgium, and he was just hanging out. Biohazard, he became friends with because his old band played a show with him in Belgium. And then they just happened to run into him at a supermarket uh, while they were recording. And they were like, dude, let's hang out. And they were mentioning, hey, our buddy's band needs a, um, a bass player. So his vacation became a permanent residence. Cause he was already trying to join a band. That was the thing. He says he wanted to join a hardcore band too. And fear factory was close enough to hardcore that he was like, okay, I could give this a shot. So he joins up with them and we're going to get into some stuff with him a little later as far as this goes. But yeah, then they decide to do demanufacture and move into their own lane completely. And, um, you know, instead of becoming Barney jr, this is where Bert really becomes Bert and has his own distinct, you know, vocal performance thing going on that a lot of people credit Rob Flynn for, but Rob Flynn's always quick to go, Hey, nope, I got that from Bert. Bert started that shit. So shout out, Bert. I, I gotta, I haven't understated enough, dude. Bert is one of my favorite singers. He, he is one of my biggest influences. Like again, the way he, like I first heard singing and screaming like that was mind blowing. See, to me, dude, like, it's this is where he, instead of screaming like Barney Greenway, he just learned how to scream like everybody else. Really? Yeah, because there's other ba- like, there's other stuff. Like, Phil Anselmo, dude, like, he, like, that's the thing. I could see that. But this, like- is, this is the Phil Anselmo scream, the Phil Anselmo, like, the whole, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, aggressive cleans where it's, like, it's not quite the, wah, you know, but it's more like, yeah. You like, know, there's like uh, heated singing. Yeah, or whatever. People call it yelling in key, shit like that. Yeah, people yeah. People call it screaming in key, whatever you want to call it. I could like, see that. Phil He's... Anselmo was doing that, and there was underground bands that were fucking doing that. The Phil Anselmo got a bit from bands like X Hoarder and stuff like that. 
Yeah, but Bert that's, did it that's way what more it was. intense. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the yeah, I, oh, people uh, screaming dude, come and key, but I think Have you listen Bert, to fucking hostile. I yeah. know you've heard the song "Fucking Hostile." That's about <laughs> as aggressive as you can get. Here's the difference for Phil. For Phil. For well, Phil. I know I've no, heard him do it more aggressive too. Actually, but this, yeah. it sounds almost the exact same as "I've got no more goddamn regrets." It's the same thing. That's what I'm saying. Like he started screaming the way that everybody screams now, and the way that people screamed before then. Like that's what he did instead of doing it like oh like barney greenway no offense barney I, ah, whatever barney <laughs> but he got you, out barney. of that being here and love you yeah yep, he yep. got out of the fucking oh you know and he got out of the uh the uh, you know and more of into when he did no yeah he absolutely did transition you know what i mean like he it, he cleaned it up a lot and it's, but it's more it's like what like phil his... anselmo was doing well so yeah, but Phil would do it like on one song, but his, Phil is more. I would say it, it breaches over more into like getting into hardcore shouts, yeah, as opposed to Bert like honing that because that was like his primary vocal line. And then it is it is definitely evolved like every fucking album. It's changed except for the archetype transgression. It kind of stayed the same during those two because they were so close together. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he is definitely. Well, if you listen to like Genexus and then here I sings on that, and then listen to uh, God damn this tankless water heater sounds like fucking explode on me. Uh, <laughs> I can't hear anything, so good noise uh, gate, I guess. I can hear compare, something going on. Yeah, it's like what the fuck. Like, compare that Genexus to Demanufacture, like to the song Demanufacture, and um, it's. It sounds like two different people. And just, really? it, yeah, he's kind of, if, if you go back after the, after the show, like just like flip back and forth between the two and it's his hey, vocal. He manufacture, he's still doing the angel of mercy. He doesn't have a yeah. lot of scratch in his voice. Right. So he's still doing that. Yeah. But that's, I mean, compared to a lot of people at the time that were, you well, know, he's, that's he's what I'm like saying. a halfway like, thing. But that's what we're talking about. Like, that's what I'm talking about. The difference between going, oh, and fucking, oh, like there's more scratch in your voice. Yeah. That's, that's what, like Phil Anselmo brought that fucking scratchiness. It's a more, like, it's a more scream than what James Hetfield was doing. It's yeah. more scream than what Tom Araya was doing. But it's not quite fucking, not true. That's a whole different animal. It's nothing that death metal guys were doing because they weren't, if they did scream high, they were they were shitty at it. Yeah, they were um, looking at you, Chris, Chris Barnes. Barnes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but that's another yeah. episode for I love but, six feet under. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I mean that's a, that's a, that's what I think made you know fucking in particularly like the bigger people that people the the people that the guys know at the fucking time, guys like when. Burton screamed when Phil Anselmo screamed. Uh, people aren't going to like this, but when Jonathan Davis used to scream back on the first album, which came out in 94? 94, yep. Yep, 94. You know, um, shortly after this, when Cole Chamber came out, Des fucking did that same thing. Like, there's other dudes that were doing this same thing, and it's a refined version of 
I, actually, you know what, dude? Honestly, we're forgetting about a whole other thing here. It's a refined version of what we've talked about before in our death metal vocalist, where there was a particular kind of vocal that was considered death metal vocals, and then there was another kind of vocals that were considered brutal death vocals. Mm-hmm. True. Remember the, that combo? So they're actually onward. doing what fucking Tomas Lindbergh was doing. Uh, they're actually degree. doing... Who's the high vocalist in fucking... Uh, Who's the high vocalist in Carcass? Is it Jeff Walker? Mm-hmm. Or is he the yeah. last? No, Jeff he's, he's, so it's, it's Jeff Walker. It's, a, it's like a refined version of what Jeff is doing in Carcass in 92 on, or 91. 91. I'm, point, you know, I'm pointing at you guys, just so you know. I'm like but pointing and doing hand signals and shit, even though I know you can't <laughs> see me. <laughs> but I can't see you. You can't see I can see, see you, but you can't see me. Okay, uh, no, I, I can see say, you. Okay. That's why I'm pointing at you guys. You just did a, a Black Flag gestures. song, by the way, just now. I love that album. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I got my hands flying all over the place, and just like as if I, as if you guys could yeah. see me. I know. Theater of like, the mind. I feel like there's Theater a lot of, of animation mind. going on. Yeah. No, I, my new computer doesn't have a camera, so I... Oh, okay. All good, all good. But BT Dubs, can you hear all the fans that I forgot to turn off, apparently? No. Okay, no. good, good, good. You said the water heater thing, no, and I was like, good. oh, shit. Okay, cool, because it's hot here. But too. yeah, it's it's this... It's like a fucking... It's, more, it's a little bit tamer than what Jeff is doing. Uh, you know, and honestly, some, some of it's a little bit higher. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's a little bit tamer than what Tomas is doing. So it's right in between. It's 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 almost perfectly right in between there. It's like if to you go to an old old school like Streets of Rage. You guys remember Streets of Rage? Yeah, I was playing it the other day. Nice. <laughs> but when you go to the first, you go to the uh, the main menu, and it says like, "Here's where the players, the character strengths are, and some mm. have more attributes than others. In some ways, some are a little heavier than others, and others, vice versa." It's like, yeah. you know, well, it's what like I mean? Tomas, it's dude. If you're going full bore fucking screen, don't keep doing your thing. I'll be right back. Get some. You water. can't really yeah. even hear the pitch of what he's. It doesn't sound like he's singing at all. No, yeah, yeah. It yeah. just sounds like he's screaming, just straight up scream, all scratch. Tomas is like five out of five, mm-hmm. where like he like he's redlining. Yeah, but he's coming like from Burton, a different place too. Tomas is Burton coming from and Phil, Burton and Phil, and like even Jonathan Davis are more of. Um, on the whole, Burton and Phil were more like at a four. Yeah. To where you could still hear the scratch, but you can still tell that they're actually, it still sounds like they're, there's some type of singing there. Yeah. Where yeah. like, you know, and then obviously, I, I mean, Jeff Walker is like a five out of five on the screen part. And then he's probably like a fucking three out of five on like how high or how low it is. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know he wasn't I mean? doing Tomas that. is like a fucking five on the high because he's like super fucking high singer yeah and he's doing that the entire time and jeff i mean this isn't like those guys podcast but you know what i mean like it's jeff wasn't doing that the entire time if you listen to heart work he was he was actually just getting jabs in there and then otherwise i just think that fucking yeah yeah but like that was like that sort of thing thing. yeah but it's all scratch it's it there's no it's it's like it's like your distortion on your pedals turned to ten. Where like fucking Burton, you know, and Rob Flynn is another one, and Phil Anselmo is. I mean, they can turn it to ten. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but the the sweet spot for them in their screaming part, yeah, is it about a four out of five? Yeah, I mean, it's like all, that's it's, the sweet spot for them. It's dynamics, right? And like, 
before moving on from this, uh, my favorite quote, even though we should save this for a carcass episode, and I know he hates this, is he got compared to Dave Mustaine with a head cold. Oh, my God. Which is kind of true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as I love Whoever Jeff, said that can fucking, suck my fucking nuts. Oh. <laughs> kind of funny, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking disrespect Jeff Walker like that, comparing <laughs> him to Dave Mustaine. <laughs> fucking A, man. That's fucking terrible. Damn. Anyways, so, yeah. <laughs> much, much tighter vision for what Fear Factory is at this point. The industrial elements are pouring in. They create this hybrid sound all their own. Much, you know, there's the theme. Okay, so here's where the themes really kick in, and it's way, 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 none of them are really spelled out as much as they are in obsolete, like like where there's an actual, like, yeah, story. The entire liner notes of the book for obsolete yeah. or the story. Yeah, but there is supposed to be a theme, apparently. I just don't remember what it is. And I've read it too. Um, but like also each song stands way out individually on its bone more than on Soul of a New Machine. Like like there's a purpose to the whole sequencing of the album. It's it's fucking great, dude. I you know, kicked in the teeth immediately with with the manufacture of the song. And you know you talk about a lot of the, the formula usually is the the harsh verses and the clean choruses, mm-hmm. and they're like doing some clean choruses and then fucking just harshing it the rest yeah, of the way there, dude. Like, the whole rest of the album. Yeah, fucking fantastic. Colin Richardson's back on the production, and he sounds even better. Granted, again, there's like a, a very knowing new sound to this. Um, it's cold. It's mechanical on purpose because it goes within, you know, what they're going for. They got fucking songs about Terminator and uh, Blade Runner in Replica. Yep. Like they super embrace the sci-fi as a whole. This is where uh, they become Hunter man killers, machine. Which yeah, Hunter straight killers. out of Terminator. Yeah, would they even have samples out of Terminator on? Um, yeah. Which one is it? The, what's is the third one? It's oh, it's uh, zero signal, oh, right? Zero signal. Zero signal. Yeah, it's the beginning. It's yeah. I can I know the part too. It's right before you see Judgment Day in the future on Terminator Two. It's when you see the kid on the swing right before the skull gets stomped on or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. And then um, because then you go back later skull and Skull Beach. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> Piss Christ. The beginning of Piss Christ. They keep looping that Terminator noise, and it's right when uh. He rolls up at the mental asylum where Sarah Connor is. Yeah. And those are the only ones that come to mind because I'm not sure about it, even though I'm sure there's some other good ones on there. They got fucking samples for days. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. You know, the man. only thing that takes me out of this fucking album, and I love the fucking song, it's just, I just don't think it needs to be there. I think the album would be better without, without it. Dog and Day have, fucking Sunrise. Yes. God. yes, and I love this. I love I the song. Fucking song. Like, I think it's a fucking cool cover of the fucking song. I just, to me, it's it doesn't fit. It should have been a bonus track at the end. It, so you know, you know that's a cover. Have, they should have put it at the end if they were going to have it on the album. They should have put it all the way at the end yeah. because therapy for pain kind of takes you out. It's like okay, and then you have it's almost like your credits are rolling or whatever. And then you have Dog Day Sunrise, the cover, you know, the, the, the kooky cover, you know, at the fucking end of the movie, you know, it's like, you know, the, 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 the last credits are still rolling. It's just a weird thing. It does. It throws the whole transition because you got all this shit just yeah. slamming you. Yeah. And then it's that fucking slow. That was the, that was the only thing. I remember the first time listening to that album. And then when that song hit, I was like, 
fuck, I hate this. Because it didn't sound anything like the rest of the album. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, and then later I found out it was a cover, but. Yeah. So it's funny. They're bringing this all back around. It's by a band called Head of David. And uh, the link there is Justin Broderick, who was in Napalm Death on the first half of Scum, quit Napalm Death to join Head of David. And then when Head of David wasn't a thing anymore, he was in Godflesh. So yeah. Justin Broderick is full on the most influential dude to Fear Factory as a whole. That's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, like I said, I like the song. It's just I out of place where it is. As, yeah. I knew the second I fucking heard it, I'm like, there's no way, there's no way this isn't a cover song. Because no band would do that. Yeah. No yeah, band would sure. no band that's writing the shit that these guys are writing would write that fucking song and put it right there. There's a yeah. reason why it's right there. And I'm like, that means there's something important about this fucking song. You know what I mean? And since it is so different, I'm like, if it's so different, it's so important, it's either the it's either the first song they ever wrote <laughs> or right. or it's a fucking cover song. Yeah, yeah, it it is it is weird that they stuck that right out because that's after um, New Breed is that the one? Yes, no. which is like no. super super techno industrial. That's probably the most edge. fucking techno on the album. Is yeah, on the New Breed. on the regular one. Yeah, I. Uh, no, but I mean, it's also if I remember right, I think on the album it is the end of side uh, on the tape it's the end of side one is dog day sunrise so then you flip the fucking tape and it's like it starts off with body hammer yeah that and you have that it. which for a long time was one of my favorites it was one of my fives was body hammer mostly because it had that pantera-esque riff to it you know, oh, yeah. just that fucking you know and it had the fucking ping you know reminds me of cobra reminds me of cobra when they're banging the axes together yeah a hammer and anvil yeah i fucking i make my family watch that movie yeah yeah you're a good man for it i just remember and the other thing was this is um two years after vulgar display of power and that was the big thing was we wanted this to sound like a heavier version of more uh, vulgar display of power when they were going to right. Colin Richardson. Uh, and there's also a thing. Does anybody have any of the crazy special editions that came out for this? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I mean, I'm looking at one right now. What's up? So the idea that like, they weren't happy with the Colin Richardson mix. Cause like he focused too much on the guitar elements. So they fired him for the mix, uh, which he, I think already did the whole thing. So like there's two songs on the special editions of what that mix would have sounded like. And then uh, they brought in somebody else. It might be the guy that did um, obsolete, but like to, to emphasize the industrial stuff more, but I guess they weren't happy with where it was going. So they brought in somebody else to, to mix it up a little. So that was interesting. I yeah. never heard a huge difference, but I'm not a good. Yeah. Know, I'm, not, I, good I can't, I'm not an audio engineer. A lot of those bands, um, uh, fucking novelists just did this where they, released their album and then um they were like we're unhappy with it so we remixed the whole thing and re-released it and i was like i literally cannot hear a fucking difference so <laughs> i'm like whatever. sometimes it depends on what stereo you listen to it in right because there's one thing that you could always add to something without getting it too crazy and that's a lot of fucking sub bass to it yeah where you you're not going to notice in just regular fucking speakers 
you know, you might notice it in your car or something, you know, or the, the vocals are slightly louder or yeah, you know, things like that where you're not going to notice it. Uh, you know, it just depends. Cause that's the other thing. I mean, sometimes they do that stuff for records, which is a completely different type of quality. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, if it's too, if it's too minute of a fucking difference, you're most people won't ever notice it. For sure. Yeah. Um, songs big songs everybody's a fan of like obviously the title track i fucking love self-bias resistor too like yeah it's a higher energy with a lot of melody which that one on that uh dvd of theirs they they played it live on fucking yeah. MTV. mtv europe or whatever dude yeah yeah yeah, yeah. when burton's got and, like do a killer rendition of it um because uh live burton at times when it hits the clean vocals yeah there's some fucking issues (laughs) as much as i love him yeah man oh yeah as much as i love him like when you hear him yell out scum grief and that fucking voice cracks like a yeah yeah 12 year old yeah that that part is so biased man and then the end one where he goes up to the higher <laughs> and then it just and they, opens up. Like, dude. The riffs. So fucking good. Oh, the riffs, the riffs, the riffs. Dude, Dino fucking riff master, dude. He's he's yeah. he is. Yeah. It's, he was my favorite guitar player for a long time. You know what's weird, man? I don't consider him very riffy. I consider him more percussive guitar player. Most of his that. stuff, dude, had, that's why, so it took me a long time. I couldn't figure out why people had, gave these guys such a huge fucking connection with Meshuggah. I figured it out one day, and it's because when you listen to a lot of his stuff, if you listen to it enough <laughs> in the same day, you start to realize, wow, it's almost like you could almost say Raymond wrote the fucking drum beat Oh and yeah, Dino, have, Dino played guitar to that. Have you like, seen that their DVD, Jason? I mean, no, I haven't seen it, so I don't okay, know. Who's so they, what, they but... talk specifically to that is yeah. that him and Raymond would sit there. He would write a riff, or Raymond would do something on the drums, and then he would just match a riff to what was being played on the right. drums, and vice versa. Yeah, and that's basically their signature sound. Yeah, yeah it shows it's, it's it's like faster gent. Yeah, well, replica Speed specifically. Gent. Replica specifically, he was. They were just hanging out, and Raymond was fucking around, slapping his uh, rhythm on his legs. And they were like, "Wait, do that again." And they wrote. That's how they wrote Replica. Like, yeah. so yeah, there's something to it. And actually, Fear Factory and Mashuga back in the '90s did say they both took influence from each other. Like, you know, do you know? Oh yeah, dude. When the Debate Destroy guys did that, one of their fucking debates, man, it was it was definitely fucking Fear Factory. Versus Meshuga. Yeah, because first you had D-Manufacture, and then, and then Destroy Erase and Proof came out. Proof. And then they, they straight up acknowledged that they ping-ponged yeah. off each other until nothing when Meshuga... That's way, another way, episode, but yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Way yeah, crazy. Yeah. And even yeah, then, but, Fear Factory I mean, was still playing with 8-string stuff after that. But, you know. Like, that's one reason I think I like... Um, I used to like Body Hammer more than some of the other songs was because it is riffy. It's not so percussive. Replica too, man. The fucking that fucking down, 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 down. And I think 
a lot of that was like simple. my friends that liked it oh yeah dude complicated it's just no. fuck they're good do you ever they're sit good, down and try melodic. to figure out the chords that he's doing on that shit yeah yeah, oh, that was, oh, yeah. Uh, once i got the album and my fucking guitar was plugged in i didn't know they played seven strings Mm-hmm. And so I was like sitting there fucking with the tuning, trying to match it up. And then they're like, "Oh, it's seven strings." I was like, "God damn it!" Yeah. yeah oh, I yeah. had a, I had a six string tuned to A, dude. So it was like I I mean we I figured this one out pretty good. I the thing I loved about it is like the big open parts mm-hmm. where he is riffy on it. That's it's really cool because um, that's really like, hey, we're gonna give Raymond a chance to really just showcase Raymond shit. like you you make it what you want to make it you want to open it up open it up you want to fucking you know like machine gun fucking kicks underneath it do that you you want to fucking you know do a fucking bit of a blast here like do that like there it really gives him a chance to do whatever he wants to do and a lot of times man you know he makes the right choice for sure man because when he opens it up it opens the fuck up dude yeah I said he's one of my favorite I, drummers I for a reason dude love it yeah yeah, I mean, another one, another one on here that has like some good riffage, dude, is like fucking. Uh, well, you know what? We're gonna get to that song yeah, later. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have one of. We're gonna have to get to that later too. Yeah, um, I, I, I think there's one that's gonna be on all our lists. So, um, if it's what I'm thinking, it is. Yes, <laughs> preview. So, did you guys ever listen to Remanufacture? I'm sure Aaron probably. No. Did. Yeah, no, I, I did. I've never been a fan of that. that of, anybody that does do y'all remember the band the berserker the core yes. grind band yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, it's yeah. funny you say that i just looked them up the other night because they uh they're back together now oh shit are they well i'm a huge fan of them yeah but they always they do the same thing for, they would take like carcass and more angel songs and then give them a techno remix and i yeah. just i can't stand that shit um like even the ones the remix i'm like i'm i'm expecting expecting it to be like a room oh like you change the mixing levels of the fucking tracks mm-hmm. and it's just a new mix yeah oh, it's it's straight up like german invade poland fucking <laughs> trance dance music the music in that burrito <laughs> shop in jb's <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. we, we were going in there so so aaron and i i don't remember what show it was but we all went over to JB's over by Brick right afterwards. And it's a, it's a Mexican burrito place, right? And they're blasting full-on gnarly dungeon-ass German Oh, yeah. Like, out of, <laughs> and it's got, like, fucking soccer on the TV. Uh, <laughs> it was just super loud, gnarly fucking ju- pro-German goddamn. It Dude, was were the gnarly. fucking swingers from Super Troopers in there? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, it was jarring, to say burritos. the least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're in the corner trying to eat burritos, and you hear. Yeah. I mean, it's it's after hours technically. I guess they they were yeah. waiting for us to leave so they could close up. I, I, it was either that or they wanted me and Dave to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> That's what it was. That makes so much sense. Yeah, that they're like those guys were at that metal place. Just put the shit on, and it'll make them leave. So oh we just ate gosh. quickly and got the fuck out. So yeah, being like a rap fan, like the remix to me is like there's a whole different type of music to it. Right. And I've listened to Remanufacture. I'm not a huge techno fan. One thing is I hated this because it was all of the kind of techno that I didn't like. Right, yeah. It was a lot of the fucking 
the bass is like, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. And it was like the, like, I hate that shit. Yeah. I hate it when fucking Slipknot uses it. I hate it when anybody fucking uses oh, it. Oh, drum and bass. I never liked that shit. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fucking, you know, the old school, like fucking dub stuff. Yeah. Ugh. I you know, dub break beats and stuff. Like I've always hated those beats, man. Like, um, so yeah, I mean, I listened to it, but I didn't particularly like it. I think, I think I'm where you're coming from where it's like, I like the idea cause I do like some electronic music, but yeah, it is a lot of electronic music that I'm not like really up on. No, yeah. I mean, it would have been shit like remixed by crystal too. method. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So oh, like, you know right, what? I'm in <laughs> something we totally glazed over that I forgot to mention. Similarly was fear is the mind killer. The EP that came out between D manufacturer. Oh yeah. And I mean, that's, that one's way better. I yeah, think. absolutely. And it's only five songs. Cause it was like uncharted well, territory. It's actually like, it's actually less songs than that because there's three different versions of fucking. Yeah, tr- no, that's what five tracks, but like um, three of the same songs. Self immolation. Self immolation has like three different. Well, it's got the regular version and then two oh, remixes yeah. for it. That's true. Okay, so it's not quite remanufactured, but, but like I was never opposed to the idea. It's just how it turned out. Some of the songs work slightly better than others, but for me, back in the day. You know, when CDs were all the rage, it was more of a collecting thing, just to be like, oh, look what I got, and now I'm just like, eh yeah different time yeah um, unpacking all my shit i'm like regretting being the guy that always wanted a physical copy is that all yeah. your cds <laughs> that we're looking at right now in the uh, video yeah that's some of them yeah so same deal dude. <laughs> i'm thinking if i actually yeah. had space to like line up all my cds not stacked you know against each other so they were all laid out in a line like at least on a shelf or something what that would actually look like i can't fathom that like, yeah, I, I did it, and it was depressing because I'm like, <laughs> fuck, these shelves are not cheap. <laughs> yeah, for Man, sure. If I had, back when I had all my discs, if they wouldn't have been burned discs, and, and I would actually had them in cases, it would look similar to that, if not more. Yeah. I mean, I, I've... Which is crazy because it's still the shit that, it, like, I've never thrown out an album. So it's the stuff from... My very first CD was Ride the Lightning, and just from there, just over the years, accumulated it, and they've always been just packed up until now for, like, the past... I, I was so happy the day I fucking threw all my discs in the garbage. It was a <laughs> glorious fucking day. There's probably some I could get rid of, but there's some I wouldn't want to part with. Like, the first blood has been shed. It took me years to find, and for less than $100. So oh, I yeah. That. There's stuff, too, that, like... Uh, yeah, that you just can't fucking get. Or like when I sent you that uh, screenshot from Amazon, where the fucking Misery Signal albums were a thousand dollars a piece. Yeah. So I have all those. So I'm sitting same. on a fucking gold mine, apparently. Same, same, same. <laughs> I have a special place for all those for sure. Dude, just I'd wait till that Misery Signal episode, dude. <laughs> I'm going to like, have yeah. such a field in a with fucking that. pool. I'm going to sell some CDs. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Damn. Fucking hey, man. Dude, thank you, Ferret, for not releasing your shit. That, yeah, that'll be thanks. an episode for another day. Fucking um, So also, I guess because I brought it up earlier, dude, the special bonus tracks on D-Manufacturer. Fucking, what was it, dude? It was, um, it was Your Mistake by Agnostic Front covered by Fear Factory with... Roger from Agnostic Front's brother, Freddie, from Madball on vocals, dude. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome cover. It's like, 
that was the first time I heard of Agnostic Front. I think I'd already heard of Madball by that point. But like, fucking, what a comment! Why isn't there a band that sounds like exactly like that, dude? Right. That's so good. And then you got a throwaway track on there that's pretty fun called Resistancia, which is like kind of the same thing, but it's like an actual original Fear Factory song. Mm-hmm. You got the two um, Colin Richardson mixed tracks. It's one's Body Hammer. I think the other one is Hunter Killer. Or no, it's is it New Breed? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But like, what's the other one? I think it is different remixes. Yeah, it's, it has a lot of remixes. Yeah, of it, yeah. Uh... So like, as far as bonus tracks go, not my favorite because then we're moving on. You know, by this point, they've established themselves. They're fucking killing it right now with the manufacturer. Then comes 1998. They get a little more experimental. And then we got my favorite record, apparently yours too, Obsolete. Fucking with the, I think it's Dave McKean artwork with the the, uh, The the spinal spinal. column. Yeah. Yeah. And the brain shaped like a zygote. Mm -hmm. It's fucking. It's funny. You look at a small version. It looks like a sperm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, it does. That, that's yeah, the I idea. Have a, I have a huge poster of it. And then... It's a sepia sperm. Yeah. yeah. I have, I, is it like the uh, <laughs> talking like like the wall cloth posters? Yeah. I got one too. Yeah. Yes. A Kmart Mimona. Yeah, man. Indeed. I love that. That, that. That's still one of my favorite albums of all time. It, it only got booted because of Misery Signals. Because you know. Yeah. Um, did we do a top favorite albums episode yet? I don't. I don't think y'all have. I haven't heard one. We might have to do that, dude. I, I, cause I do that. I've been bowling that over like, a lot lately. Fucking okay, a. I'm down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can tell you right now that's in the top five. Um, but like, so you got uh, Reese Fulber, right? Is the guy's name who yeah, was? Yeah. Once. So yeah. Now he's like a longtime collaborator. After this yeah. point, he's basically an unlisted member. Yeah. Um, he even showed up in their fucking music video for the the Cars cover. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, who the fuck is that weird mohawk guy? Yeah. He's not in the book. <laughs> yeah, and he's also in that Frontline Assembly band, which why this is how I would have even heard of them in the first place, which is like an industrial group, too, who have mm-hmm. collaborated with Devin Townsend on some stuff because they're from Vancouver. Same area. Yeah. Um, and this has been the go-to guy for the most part for a while at this point, like, like in, not just for the electronic elements he brings, but just the overall vibe. And so for the longest time to me, this was the definitive Fear Factory sound because they only did the two albums with Colin Richardson. Um, Fuck, man. They actually made a full-blown, no-questions-about-it concept album in this one. And it's it's something, dude. Like, Yeah, it's my favorite album. Um, I didn't even really pay attention or get into the whole story thing. That was just an afterthought for me, but just the motherfucker from start to finish and I, the first one that I got was the DigiPack. So that was the copy that I got. So I had all those bonus tracks and just, I was like, God damn, it was such a, I forget what it is, how many songs total with the bonus track. I think it's 15. Is it 15? Yeah. yeah. Yep. 15. So I just love that the whole thing through. I would, Same. I'd sit there play fucking super Nintendo and have that son of a bitch on repeat on my little boom box. And just oh, yeah. listen to it for days. And yeah. it's one of those, too, that, like, I can put in now. So, like, even when I was going through all this shit to really getting down and, like, all right, what do I like? And I listened to the whole album again, and I never got, like, bored. Or, like, I've heard the thing five million times, but I was never like, fuck, is this song over yet? Like, yeah. it, 
it just that's where that album is for me <laughs> yeah no same dude that that this was my favorite album for damn well near like a decade or so man i uh nope never mind five years because of malice came out in 2004 um but like this that ruled the roost for so long dude and it still does it's still very crucial to me really fleshing out the man versus machine story um once i I, I hadn't read the booklet in so long that i went back and rechecked it out and i was like damn this story is a lot more elaborative than elaborative than i remember yeah um this this is my favorite roadrunner album this this was like what really this was the first roadrunner album i bought this is what put roadrunner on the map for me um it's fucking ah, i could sit here and spin wheels about how much i love this album i love it a lot um well, front to back the story the i'll chime in then <laughs> chime this in, is the one that really lost me i didn't like it i didn't like it much at all i thought the story was awesome i actually thought to myself at the time and i still do if the songs if there was better if there's more like better songs on here to match how cool the story was i would like it more but there's only like probably three songs on here that I fucking like. See, and yeah, we've had this discussion a lot of it's before. Just, it's just the fucking riffs. It's just the melodies. They just don't work for me, dude. Like it's I'm, shit like Securitron and high tech hate and freedom of fire. Like I do listen to it and I get bored as fuck. I'm just like, whatever, dude. Like I've heard all this shit from you before, except I've heard it better from you before. So here's but, what I wonder. Oh, go ahead. You can say pass if you need to. Edge Crusher obviously was a huge fucking song. I actually like the fucking rap mix better, but cool fucking song. But to me, like the big one off here, dude, Descent is like fucking amazing song, dude. Remind me to put a pin in that particular. Uh, I say yeah, if you have to hit pass on Descent, hit hit pass. And but then, there is um, a specific thing about that, yeah. The other one, Resurrection. You know, big time pass. Do, 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 do. Like, yeah, yeah. like I fucking love that dude. That's like a pass for me. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you know, and then right into timelessness, which I noticed something they did on obsolete. I don't think they do it on the others. There's one other album. There's one on, on archetype that's kind of like that. They have the... the song, and then the outro to the song keeps going as another song. I think there is one on archetype. I just yeah, it it's anyway. it's. Uh... <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Because I, I, I think they do it on uh, another one on, on Mechanize as well. I, I think it became a thing from this album, but they don't do it on Digital. It was called Boy. Ascension. There we go. Ascension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it still has the same themes from, I want to say, fucking Human Shields. Um, but yeah, yeah like they yeah, had the yeah, outro yeah, of the over. song, and then it, it segues into the outro for the album. So you're right. They did, that did become a trend. Well, they got away from it. Or no. Yeah, because they don't do it on Digimortal, I don't think. They don't do it on Digimortal. They don't do it on Transgressions, but they do. So they stop doing it. It's and on Mechanized and Industrialist. Yeah. Yes. On those and uh, I believe Genexus. Does Genexus do it too? Holy shit. I don't know. It, I, I was just sitting there listening to. Yes, Genexus does it. Yesterday, and I was just like, wow, is this still going? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and then I was like, oh, okay, I'm in. I'm already into timelessness, right? And so I was yeah. like, wait a minute. So at what point does it switch? And I looked and it's it's basically, yeah, they just really extend the outro. And to me, it's like on all these fucking albums, it's like, it's this is when the credits start rolling. 
Yes, exactly. It's because you know it mean? is like, a cinematic band. Yeah, this, it just makes it that much more awkward when the uh, bonus tracks kick in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know what I mean, it's did always, not plan yeah, that out. Like yeah, you go out and this fucking <laughs> nice we mellow thing to fucking all of a sudden. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. We'll shout out Roach Coach because they did an entire episode on where they delve way into the story and themes of obsolete. And nice. that's one of the, and it's really good. Everybody go check that one out. If that's the first episode you listen to, go check that out. And they, and they made fun of the fact that it is because that sto- spoiler alert, <laughs> humanity's <laughs> fucked at the end of obsolete. Yeah. And the hero loses. <laughs> and so yeah, they like, were, yeah. horribly so. Yeah. Talk about a down note. And like, uh, I would love to see like a little cartoon. Did you ever you watch know, the video of, for um, obsolete resurrection? Yeah, right. that's what it is. It's it's a it's like a little mini movie yeah. version of the whole album. Yeah, it's, here's another fun fact: I've yeah. never seen a, a Fear Factory video all the way through. I don't know that you're missing out. I yeah. I, I love Resurrection, but it's very 1999. You know what I mean? Oh, it, it is <laughs> fucking sure. extremely. <laughs> well, yeah. You don't even want to watch that one because it's a fucking condensed like radio edit version of the song. That's true. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that till after the fact. Yeah. It's, That's it's always funny. a bummer with videos. Yeah, I guess we could go into videos as we do this too, because all you had on um, the manufacturer was uh, replica, replica, and all it is is them playing in a morgue. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> you know it. I mean? It was just them yeah. <laughs> doing that, and then uh, you had cars, which was had the same weird spacey fucking techno shit flying around. Reese Fulber on his keyboard, yeah. and then it had. Glenn Benton in a car, if I or Burton, not Glenn Benton. What the fuck? DSI in a car. Wow, <laughs> different episode. That escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's saying fuck Jesus and all that shit, but no. Um, yeah, I don't remember. It was yeah. I just remember he had purple fucking hair. Yes. Um, and there's a, there's an explosion. A car explodes at some point. It's like slow motion. I didn't understand what that was all about other than they probably just thought it looked cool where like a fire fire, a, a fire department dudes are trying to put That's out a what it was. Car. It reminded me of the intro from the, the movie Heavy Metal. When the, the yeah, astronauts, the yeah. yeah. And so, and then the car at the end like goes into space and all that shit. And I was like, are they alluding to that? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's there's more that I'm unpacking as I'm thinking about this. Doesn't isn't the thing when when Bert and uh, Gary Newman are trading off their uh Yeah. Their vocals, in my <laughs> yeah. They like turn into one another when they're doing yes. it. Right? Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm remembering. Yeah, it was very of the time. This is you know, this is where Fear Factory starts getting lumped in with new metal and it's kind of hard to argue for a number of reasons, not the least of which is one of the big staples was covering songs from the 80s. Yep. And it's funny. And if you because, had a seven string, you were fucking new metal. That's yeah. The, yeah. That's automatically. Exactly. Like, is that a, is that an extra goddamn string on there? Yeah. Get your fucking new metal shit over here. Yeah. And, um, and like, this was just one of the staples, not to mention Bert or uh, Dino with the, uh, braids or whatever that was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, if you look at pictures of fear factory from around this time, dude, Yeah, he was cornrowed the fuck out. Yeah. dude. <laughs> Some, I think even before Christian cut his hair, he had long red hair or something like that. Like, it was yeah. a transitional period, you know. It and then was. Ray, everybody looked like Cindy Lauper's stepchildren. Yeah, yeah. It was bad. and then Raymond's just chilling out in the back as always, just going, "I'm here when you need me, guys." Just yeah. doing his thing. God bless you, Raymond. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, going back to why I think maybe Aaron and I like every song on this record because I do like Sakuratron. I do like. Um, yeah, I, I love them all. 
yeah, it's maybe the time that we grew up in, right? And especially if this was the first one I would have heard, you know what I mean? And because like every, everyone, even like Code Orange and all the new kids that are getting into him for the first time, I'll go straight to the manufacturer because that's the one everybody talks about. Yeah, I, it had to be the time because like, so when we were listening to all this stuff, like you, you had like your prime, you had Metallica, Pantera, Sepultura, um, some Napalm Death, uh, which was way more obscure Mm-hmm. to get a hold of and then you had this which was everywhere you could go to sam goody yeah. any cd store and get it and uh yeah it was just flooded and then this is like propelled them into this is their only album that's gone gold yeah well so okay thank you this is where i was going next this is their commercial peak for that reason and it's all because of cars which is funny yeah. to think dude if you didn't know because the, the the digital version or the uh, digipack version came out in 99 right before OzFest, that's probably why they did it mm-hmm. um and so like if you're one of these guys going oh i like this car song i'll go get the album and you accidentally get the the original jewel case one you'd probably oh, yeah. be pretty pissed but you probably should have looked at the back anyways. But yeah. um, so what that the was the story. Is this? So, so Dino, the, I think it's the first time he was on Jamie Josta's podcast. Shout out Josta went on there talking about that. And he says, so, so it works a little differently in the U S or at least it did before streaming with, with um, RIA, RIAA certification where a lot of other countries, it's actually how many albums you sold in the U S it's actually how many you ship to be sold. And so, oh, when, not how many were actually bought. That's right. Yeah. Before yeah, streaming. Yeah. And so like that was, they would like lie about numbers to get sales up on CDs and stuff. So the, so the long story is a lot of people bought the album based on cars, which is, was, you know, the biggest hit for them. The at big that point. single. Yeah. They even played it on the radio. I remember that. Yeah, dude. And in commercials, it was in like, like Intel commercials and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he says what would happen was a lot of people would get the album first song is shock and then they would get pissed and return it because they weren't expecting that. yeah so that was funny but they, just they got a like gold record out of it. stink oh yeah dude Whew, that'll be a fun episode oh y'all we'll have get... to backfill me in on that <laughs> what's that what's that song the reason yeah yeah the because re- like which is funny to think if Huba stank's too heavy for you. I don't. I oh obviously my God. don't know. No, you. I don't. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't a heavy thing. It was just they didn't have anything else on that album that was that good. True. And, true. And people people ditched it. It's Crazy Town. Oh my God! Crazy They're, Town was another one. People. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the thing is, like, again, Crazy Town used a fucking sample from, from a pretty fucking a very well-known instrumental from red hot chili peppers yeah you know uh bad wolves you, you know had the cover of zombie limp biscuit it worked for them they had the cover of faith and it actually mm-hmm. worked yeah. um marilyn manson it worked for him as well because of the cover of sweet dreams sometimes it works dude other times you yeah just sometimes it does when, yeah exactly um, it's what's like, that hey, band that? hinderback what is that it? band hinder that band hinderback isn't the band just called hinder yeah I oh, I got you, got you. Okay, yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> they were, they were, that was about 20 yards deal. short of me for a minute there, yeah. too. I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry, I got you. Yeah, that, same, that, same thing, dude. That like, I mean, it, you know, though you have – you run the risk of becoming a, a one-hit wonder. And, what and song you did also, they cover? Who, Hinder? No, yeah. they just had the Lips of an Angel song that was huge and then nothing oh. else compared to it. Like, yeah. it's, it's extreme. Yes, the band extreme did not want to release more than words because they didn't feel like it represented what the band was 
and and that's exactly what happened. That's what yeah. killed their career. Yeah, that they is started the, that's playing, the only song no anybody one, knows. <laughs> I mean, I know a bunch of them, but most people a don't know the songs, and b if that's the kind of stuff you like, you're not gonna like the rest of their stuff. And it's not that much different with Fear Factory. Luckily, they were established before that. Right. But yeah. Cars was huge and probably people liked that fucking song. Listen to anything else on the album. The only thing that even comes close to it, as far as like style wise would be Descent. And that's it. Yeah. But how many people would even get that far? No, because that's, that's a ways into the album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, real quick, something I also didn't know until doing research for this um, this episode. Another, another Brujeria link was... Um, What's that? You know, the due to the graphic nature of this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. At the oh, beginning Edge of Edge Crusher, that's uh, Fantasma from, from Brujeria. Pat Hoed. I, did, I never knew that till the other day. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I guess I forgot to mention fucking V Manufacturer and Raza Oriata coming out at the same time. Like, and there's clearly like similarities in tones, but he did. Do you know, uh, went on Twitter and he broke down how he got the tone for the most part on each album which is cool because he's one of my favorite guitar tones, except for that little thing talking about the modded head because nobody's been able to replicate that modded head exactly. Mm. And apparently it got stolen out of storage one day and he's been looking for it ever since. So that sucks. Jesus. Yeah, man. Anyways, um, because we could talk about an entire episode of just obsolete shit. We'll just run through the bonus tracks real quick. Cars, fun for what it is. Uh, What's after that? Is that where evil dwells? Yeah, Yeah. it's oh. I, I don't even is it O Tac O O Dash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that song's fucking like zero dash zero. Dude, that one I, like I was that. like, I love that fucking song, and it's just that's yeah, that's what's Castle Killer. Yeah, yeah. Hail the new flesh. Yeah, that's some old school yeah, industrial what the shit. Fuck he's singing about, but it's yeah. awesome. It sounds sick. Yeah, so I, I still have to listen to the original one day. After that is Soul Wound, which is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like. That one's heavy as fuck, and I guess that's like a leftover from something else too. Or no, no, yeah. no. The next one is uh, no, no, Messiah. Messiah. So Messiah is a a game, a, mu- a song made specifically for a game. I have you ever played that game? No, I I know that was like Raymond's big thing was pushing, and I saw it. It's on that DVD where they talk about using their songs and shit for games, but I don't know yeah. what game it was. It's it's uh, it's called Messiah. It's it's like the idea oh, is you're the just, game itself is called Messiah. Yeah, that was that was okay. the theme song, and like I was like, oh cool, I'll pick it up just for this. And you're like this, the concept's cool, where you're this little angel dude that possesses people and like goes around killing other people with the body. Gets very old very quick. It was very, <laughs> very of of the time. Of the time. <laughs> yeah. Um. After that, concrete, dude. Yep. Or concrete or concrete. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that song fucking rules, and I think that's a leftover from um, D Manufacturer because that's been put on D Manufacturer subsequent re-releases too. Yeah. So awesome. So what is it? Three years. So they were kind of had a three-year chunk thing going for a while. Three years. They've been touring their asses off. Um, right after that, we got Digimortal in two thousand one, and uh, the that's story. Love it. Yeah, the story was they originally wanted Bob Rock to produce it. Could you imagine that? And he turned it down because he said it was too heavy for him. So well, I mean, pussy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. He's still got to go. Well, work I'm, on... I'm, I'm glad whoever they did get to. I didn't look into I'm, it that far. He's not wrong. I'm looking up for, to it right now. I, uh, I I don't actually know either. It might be Reese Fulber again. 
I yeah, think it so. Is. It is. Yeah. It's just way, it's a way more, because obsolete already gets pretty commercial at points, but this is like an even more commercial. They, they kept getting more and more commercial each album. And yep. this, that's kind of the penultimate. This is like the most commercial one. Up right? until Mechanize, I would say. <laughs> you think? Hmm. Well, have to... oh yeah, easily. Yeah, they, they went, well, during that transition period too, so, um, and I'm fucking drawing a blank now. Who? What's the goddamn band Travis Neal was? Shout out Travis Neal. Shout oh, out Divine Travis Heresy. Neal, Divine Heresy, goddamn. So, he had left uh, Fear Factory and then those albums came out and they were like super fucking aggressive, gnarly ass speed riffs, blast beats nonstop and all that shit. Well, that definitely carried over into mechanize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, that'll be a fun, th- that was also Reese Fulber too. He's literally been on just about everything since obsolete. Um, so this one was a little bit of a shock to me cause I didn't see it going quite this way. I don't know about you guys. I ended up liking it eventually, but I was like, this is, a step I wasn't expecting. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I, I loved it when it came out. So, um, at the time, uh, that was when I was talking about when I went to tattoo the earth and got fucking hit in the head with a Sepultura cassette tape. Nice. I, at that same <laughs> show, um, they were passing out, uh, samples from Roadrunner and what will become was on there. And Il Nino's, uh, one of their songs off revolution was on there but uh i put that shit in and i was like oh fuck and it had brujerismo that was my first time hearing them nice and uh so i was like what the fuck listen to this new single and i think i still actually have that cd in somewhere in this clusterfuck but um i was like holy shit because that one's heavy all the way through for the most part yeah Yeah, absolutely. uh, it's the opening track on there and so i was already super pumped on the album and I ended up having to move to East Texas and had to go into the fucking on cue music store. And I ordered that album, pre-ordered that one, Strappy Young Lad City and Emperor um, Prometheus album. Because nice. they didn't carry shit. And so I was like, it was, it'll be here in six weeks or some fucking stupid slow snail mail bullshit. And uh, good old days. I, I got it and put it in and I got the digipack. And I was like, holy fuck. I, like, I loved it. But I will agree, it is way more commercial-oriented. Yeah, once, once I got adjusted to that, I was fine. It's just, it's just like, oh, okay, this, this is different than what I expected, but it's still good. And it's good you bring up the Digipack, because I do like those bonus tracks. Oh, um, God, them. The thing that makes it the most like, commercial out of almost all of them, dude, is the fact that the guitars are super subdued. Yeah. It, I know they didn't get Bob Rock for it, but this is what Bob Rock would have done. Yeah, for sure. Albeit yeah. slightly different. It's still got a, it's still got that a lot of electronic edge on it because it is Reese Fulber again. So it's got that, you know, it's an electronic. Well, I don't say not, yeah. Bob Rock wouldn't have done anything with that. That would have been fine. Yeah. Like, but what Bob Rock does is he makes it sound more radio. Mm-hmm. And in order to sound more radio, the bass and the kick drum has to come up. The vocals get a little bit louder. What's got to give? The guitars come down in the mix a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're not as in your face. Not yeah. On, yeah. Like, none of this stuff dude except for the fucking you know the bonus tracks i know i did play the full the game that full metal contact was on there the crazy ass football game is that what that was um yeah huh i never and i mean i had all these that i i had downloaded long before the fucking digipack came out Mm -hmm. which was kind of cool um this one was 
I saw the writing on the wall as soon as this what like before this one even fucking came out. I knew for sure they were going to do it. Literally every fucking band at that point. If you didn't have a fucking guest rapper on your album, it wasn't going to fucking sell. Yeah. I knew what they were doing with Obsolete. I knew they were going to go this far with this because everybody, the big bands at the time, were all going this direction all at the same time. Yeah, the smaller bands weren't necessarily doing it. But these guys, because I watched Metallica do it. I watched Slayer do it. I watched fucking Megadeth do it. I watched all those guys do it. I also watched Judas Priest do it. I watched Iron Maiden do it. I've, it's always been like this. You have to do something that's relevant now if you're going to stay relevant now. Yeah. I, let me rephrase that. Great route to remain. Shout out in you, yeah. you had to. You don't have to do that anymore. Different time. It's it's crazy to think. Yeah. Twenty. But I years fucking love that song too. <laughs> Back the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, a- being a rap and a fucking metal fan, like I didn't like this one very much solely because the chorus. I thought the chorus was pretty lame, but I do like the verses. I, um, I really like. There's a a lot of the. I don't know what you call it. It's just a in rap they just call it a hip. There's that little you know that little that little metallic yeah. ping that starts it off mm-hmm. i really like that fucking sound it's got like a kind of a men did we lose him uh, i think so jason you still there menacing movie type vibe which i'm you know like the, <laughs> jason, <laughs> the little keyboard I'm, line that, that they I'm, yeah i'm sorry could you could you do uh-oh hello hello well, could we could we redo that whole last thirty seconds? I'm sorry, we completely lost you for a sec. Oh, okay. As, as much as that sucks to say, I'm sorry. There was a there's like a whole chorus line. That the there's a keyboard part in the chorus where it's like, like it has yes. this little thing. I know it, what you're talking it, it about. Doesn't work for me, but like that menacing cinematic sound throughout the verses mm-hmm. with with be real rapping on it, fucking like really works it's actually really yeah. fucking cool oh yeah no they definitely this might be the most experimental one right eh, maybe yeah i think uh, it is it is they it everything started to transition back to the obsolete demanufacturer aspect after this album true true yeah, yeah. And so they definitely if 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 they were you know swimming in the waters of new metal in obsolete this was them like diving all the way to the bottom you know what i mean like this is this is definitely the definitive new like metal the album standouts for, for me on this fucking album dude are digimortal the song yep yep you know the fucking da, 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 what's that close to my whatever he's saying yeah. i don't know words no that's it um, yeah, yeah, yeah but invisible wounds Awesome! Oh, yeah, fucking song. love it. Love so, that song. You know, and then, yeah. you know, and then um, the memory imprints, like you know, yes, yes, dude, it's fucking. That might, yeah, I love that one. The hurt yeah. conveyor. Yeah, the second uh, half of the album might be more consistent to me. Yeah, it gets a lot heavier as the album well, progresses. The sec- yeah, the second with, half is heavier. Yeah, yeah. What will become starts it off, and then it it goes directly into all the uh, really commercial-oriented stuff. And I, and I love well, all that. Well, no shit. one's kind of like the Fear Factory standard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. With the bounce? It's, yeah, and it's just kind of, you know, no one, no one can do that. Like, it's just, it's whatever. It's it's a Fear Factory song. It's fine. You have it on. You just don't pay attention to it if you don't like it. Yeah. You know, Linchpin, 
Lynchpin, the big song on the album. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think it's their, video. It's their it's biggest, most played song, period. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this is the one that really got the push from the album. Um, I actually kind of like this song. Just that oh, one. It's fun. Dude, those, the he- how heavy the... Yeah, dude, that fucking heavy-ass guitar right there is fucking... It's sick. It's dude. a fun like song, dude. For yeah. what Digimortal wow, wow, is, it's pretty wow, wow. good for the most part. You know what I mean? Once you accept Yeah, this it is almost is. like uh This would yeah, be would if you... I was to talking about using them as a gateway band, this is the album. Yeah, most def. Because yeah, because it only gets better from there for the most part. Yeah, because right? then it eases them in. Like it hits them a little bit with uh what will become and it backs off and then rapes the fuck out of them towards the end of the album. <laughs> yeah. yeah, truly, right? Are the um it's so it's funny we're talking about the videos this being the biggest song and of theirs in general at this point all it is is them playing against a cg background and throwing and, paint and shit yeah, <laughs> that's what i was gonna say yeah they're, they're fucking throwing paint dude like oh, all, every time i watch that shit i'm like i wish i had that guitar like I wish yeah I- I had money <laughs> to be able to just fucking ruin some yeah. super custom RG7 guitar. Yeah. Well, you know, this was when they were swimming in the endorsement deals because Dino oh, was an yeah. SP six string guy forever. Then he did Ibanez seven because of corn. And, uh, and that was what he was. We're going to get to all that later, but he was like my, the reason I like playing Ibanez was because of Dino, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, and I had the same thought as you just like, no. Yeah. I was like, saw the paint. Stop it. They, yeah, on the DVD, they have the behind the scenes where they're filming yeah, the video. Where just, he fucking gets smashed with it, and it's... <laughs> yeah, like, man. Fuck. Yeah, and it's funny. On the same DVD, they do the live version of um, Digimortal. Yeah. And, like, it's really cool until Christian starts doing the backups, and then you're just like, ooh. Yeah, on that same DVD that he does... Yeah, it, it's terrible with the backups. But uh, do you remember the live clip of D-Manufacture, and he does the bass pops at the beginning? Yeah, it's yeah I, like a great like grabbing yeah. those bass strings and literally trying to rip them off his yeah. fucking guitar. It's just ping, yep. ping, and I'm like, yeah. fuck, what are you doing? The energy, Jason. I might have to lend you that DVD, dude. It's worth a shot. I haven't watched it probably in twenty <laughs> years, but like, yeah. I loved it when I was a kid. But like, uh, oh, that's how I learned to scream, dude. I was watching. I was trying to sing along to those shitty Dynamo. Uh, songs from the uh, soul of a new machine thing that's how i learned to scream i just realized right. that. wow okay um but yeah dude i know exactly oh, the d menu because like the energy on d manufacturer is fucking awesome like dino's you know it's like 25 years ago so dino's like thrashing around the stage the yeah. shirt comes up quite a lot too just <laughs> they kind of just stand still now but <laughs> yeah yeah but back to your point about about the bass and christian when it's like way too loud and he's like way too aggressive yeah that actually re- made me listen to the song a little different because i'm like oh he's hitting notes that i didn't know were there there's punctuation right. in that song that i wasn't hearing to that point i was like oh mm-hmm. so that's interesting um but yeah, and I mean, this is up to where the DVD ends because that was the album that was out at the time. Uh, was all the well, going back to what you were saying, dude? Memory imprints is possibly my favorite closer, dude. Like all, all their songs, because they always, regardless of if they go into another song or not, they always end on kind of a downer note or whatever. Yeah. And this, this is probably my favorite one, dude. Like, like this song is actually kind of under that one. Yeah, that one was until uh, the last two albums. 
Yeah. Uh, they're closers. I was like, holy Same shit. Here. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and then from there, we talked about the uh, the bonus tracks are just these little fun, little, I wouldn't say throwaway songs, but they don't like really fit in and they're just kind of there to be there. Yeah, but I like just, them a lot for what they are. It, it reminds me of it's like the final cut, the Pink Floyd album. This is all the shit that, didn't, that wasn't good enough to be on the wall yeah. album, but uh, it's enough to make its own. So yeah, and there's there's good ones in there like Strain versus Resistance. Strain, the Strain. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking love the course, Yeah, I like walking. it too. I like I like them all. So you said this Full Metal Contact thing was for a a, a game? Yeah, I mean it was featured in. It, I, I want to say NFL Blitz. It's okay. the one where it's like the football game, but it's like crazy fucking oh, rules or some right. shit. They talk about like that body on the slamming and shit. Okay, <laughs> that way that makes a lot of sense in hindsight. <laughs> that makes way more sense okay that's yeah. that's some cool context so yeah then i see him on the uh the tour for this that summer at canes first club show first time i've ever been at canes first time i've had to use an id for a show because it was 16 and up which i don't know that anywhere does that anymore uh um, no probably not <laughs> yeah but like dude it was this was this was like peak fear factory to a t right here in many ways like commercially at least yeah. like like they the they played all the the hits you would expect it was a they played a decent amount of stuff off this album because it was the cycle. Be Real came out and introduced them because of that um, because of that Cypress Hill connection, which still you know persists to this day. Power flow. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, he didn't come out and do back the fuck up, but that was cool. I was like, hey, that's Be Real. It, yeah. it was sick. That was a hell of a way to see him up close and personal. And then, fucking, I think it's March of two thousand two happens. And they break oh, up, and I'm yeah, fucking pissed. I, I was so fucking mad yeah. about it. And I was like, how do you go from just like every album, I'm just loving it more and more and more. And, and of course, the fucking, I guess it got out. I'm a fan, so let's fucking cancel the band because yeah, yeah. can't have him listen to this shit. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So that was, I tell you what, dude, between the time, this time and when they got back together, it really, really actually wasn't that long, but it felt like a lifetime. Oh, it felt forever. I remember... Yeah, um, it was. I only- didn't even know they broke up. Oh, for real? Oh <laughs> man, I had no idea. I, 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 I mean, I printed out the I think story. By then, my, I had. If I didn't see it in a magazine, there was yeah. really no way for me to know about it. I, I f- and I just, I didn't even fucking no. know what happened. Yeah. And then uh, it wasn't until I, because I downloaded Archetype, and I was listening to it. Oh, what happened? There was some. There was something. I. Um, God, I think it was like the first song that downloaded. Um, I don't remember what song it was, but it just sounded different, and so it actually prompted me to look up to see, like, you know, what the fuck. And that's when I read. I I just saw that it wasn't Dino on guitar. Mm-hmm. I, I saw Christian Wolbers as a guitar player. And I'm like, oh shit, like. So then I started looking up more and more stuff and I was like, Oh damn. Like, okay. They broke up. Yeah. And then subsequently that's when I saw them on, on tour. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember it being cause like Blabbermouth, I don't look at Blabbermouth anymore, but that was like my Bible back in the day. And I remember seeing that cause it was, it was owned and co-ran by uh, Roadrunner, and they had a direct oh, link to yeah. it on their website. And I was just like, I remember I printed, I printed the story out and just handed it to people because I was too sad to even tell them what happened <laughs> at, at school. And everybody, no, fucking, it, it was rough, man. And so, yeah, because probably of contractual ab- obligations, they re-release or they finally release Concrete, which 
Uh, yeah. I, collector's item again. And then, right. uh, and then hate files, which is like, it's the B sides album. And, yeah. uh, the, the first track on there is the last thing they recorded with that unit. And they were so pissed at each other that they didn't even like record in the same room. They all did their stuff separately. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could hear the morale from the reports of the people that were there said that it was, it was a real bummer. And, um, I liked it for what it was, but I was 16 at the time and it's very, very, okay, here's a Fear Factory song by Numbers, and it was for a Terminator game at that point. So it was actually a Terminator song for a Terminator game, which on paper is cool, but I guess the game wasn't very good either. So that was a hell of a way to leave your legacy. Other than that on there, you got the other version of Cars, which is all Gary Newman singing. Um, You got the the even – so we talked about uh, Digimortal being the most commercial record. They made an even more commercial version of Invisible Wounds for the resident evil soundtrack which is yeah. an interesting experiment you got a, like an extended version of resurrection which i don't actually remember being that special it's fine it's just a lot of okay here's what else we got i we just got, we're, we got to put out something so we can get out from under this contract so just throw some shit up yeah here's everything yeah. here's the rest of the vault go nuts the, yeah uh, some other remixes that weren't good enough for the other remix albums i'm trying to think if there's anything really really noteworthy on there i'm coming up dry no, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Like, there yeah. wasn't anything. It, it was yeah. just fucking slap some shit together, um, drag a song or two out longer, or put in one, yeah, like the Gary Newman one with the, all his vocals. Just get something out, whatever is the cutoff to where it's not an EP, and then we met our quota. Right, yeah, so that was interesting. And so in between then and then, there's a lot happening. Bert goes off and does Ascension of the Watchers. Um, there was always the one Project Kush, yeah, Project Kush, which was always like this big thing in the news. Oh, they're doing Project Kush, and then it never came out. Uh, it was Steven from Deftones on guitar. It was Be Real on vocals. I think this is all off memory, so I could be wrong. And then it was Ray and uh, Christian who stuck together for a long time after that, yeah. and it just never came out. But it was always like, oh, Project Kush is happening, and it never did. Um, what was it after? Because Stormtroopers of Death also had a big breakup, and I guess they got approached by Billy Milano. Christian, no, Dino and uh, Raymond got hit up to be the new dudes in Stormtroopers of Death, and they said they didn't feel right, you know, it not being Scott and Charlie. Yeah. Um, Asesino happened, so that was a big thing, too. It wasn't just Fear Factory. It was Fear Factory and, uh, or excuse me, Dino and Brujeria had a lot of tension, too. And uh, so Asesino was supposed to be the first of solo records for each member of Brujeria. And that ended up being the last thing he was ever associated with because then Raymond quit Asesino. I think he might have been out of Fear Fa- or Brujeria at that point too. They were very inactive for a number yeah. of years. Uh, having said that, I fucking love that Asesino record. That first Asesino record is one of my favorites. You were there with me at uh, the Hatebreed show. I was air guitaring yeah, completely off of old muscle time. memory from like 15 <laughs> years before. I was like, holy shit, I still remember these. Songs. I, I love that one. And then supposedly they're working on something new. So you have all these other things people are doing in the meantime. And then probably less than a year later, they're like, hey, no, we're back. We're back. Yeah, again. we're back. Oh, yeah. Was, we just switched up a little bit. We're good. Yeah, we just didn't want to deal with Dino anymore. I was like, oh, all yeah. right. And that whole fucking album like (laughs) expresses that shit yeah man that was that was something i and i just just machine has improved (laughs) yeah yeah 
<laughs> okay, so we mentioned this earlier. I fucking love this album, dude. Dude, the infection has been removed. Yeah. Yes. The soul of this machine is improved. Yeah, like, it's, it's a straight up like, dish. Which is awesome seeing them play that live with yes. Dino on stage. And he says, now he says, the infections have been removed. Oh, was that right? I missed that. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that, it was funny to me that of all the things, <laughs> they played the diss track off archetype was the only archetype song they played. And oddly enough, they got track or Travis to come up and do backup vocals. Yeah. That was that was interesting for a number of reasons. Um, but like I this is my second favorite Fear Factory album, straight up, dude. I love this one front to back. Um fuck, fuck it's so good. Dude. Hold on. I need to let me pour this gas on me. Yeah, oh, right yeah. off the bat, dude. Oh yeah. That that album uh, hold on, I'm God, trying to look it dude. up. Undercover. Yeah, there's some jams, dude. Slowly drowning me. The was fucking, it uh, dude, bite the hand that bleeds? You, dude? Bite, oh, dude, yeah. I love bite the hand that bleeds. But yeah. I, same thing. The music video versions, the super condensed radio edit, the one for the Saul movie. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That version's terrible, but the original album version is just fucking great. Yeah, I forgot. There's two versions of that, huh? Yeah, so this was Reese Fulber too. You know what I love is that Reese Fulber did all these albums and they never sounded exactly like one another. I, I appreciate the hell out of that. Um, so their contract is up with Roadrunner, or they're just done with Roadrunner. So like, here they move on to a hip hop label called Liquid Eight. And yeah, unfortunately, I, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. When I saw it because Roadrunner that was still at the time. Like, if you saw Roadrunner on a on a jewel case or a digipack, you're like, "Oh, this is probably going to be worth my time." And then I saw Liquid 8 and was like, what the fuck is a Liquid 8? <laughs> so so let me ask you this. There was two versions of the album, and I didn't find out how to get which one until after the fact. There was a secret where you look at there was a sticker on the side, and one was like blue, or one was pink, and one was yellow. And I didn't know that until after he said it on Ed Banger's Ball. So which one did you get? Oh, uh, shit. I don't know. So I have the Digipack, mm-hmm. um, and it had the DVD. Okay, that's the one I have, too. Okay. So I don't know what the I can't remember the difference it's between just, the two. But he said know. on Headbangers Ball, that's the secret. You got to look at which sticker it is, and he said which it actually was. But I don't remember what the other one. I think it was like a live album or something. Maybe I don't know. Was it really? Something, maybe something. It was. There was two different versions of the, and they were both digipacks. But the second disc was different. Um. So it was like up in the air of which one. And this was the same day that um. Through the Ashes of Empires finally got released in uh, the States, too. So both those came out. I remember that being oh, wow. April 20th, 2004. It's I a good that day for music. Well. Yeah, no kidding. And it was the first time the original Ninja Turtles DVD or, uh, cartoon got put on DVD. So that was a fucking Wait. cool day for <laughs> Yeah, dude. I got all those still. But um, I actually ended up liking the DVD, so I'm glad. I don't, I don't even remember what the other one was, and I could give a fuck at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't I just remember Byron Stroud being high as fuck on the couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so oh, it's God. funny. I was like, oh, that's cool. He's a good fit, and he's, he's not actually on the yeah. album. So that was the thing. Yeah. Up to that, up till uh, Obsolete, Christian didn't even play on the albums. There was a lot of dispute about whether or not he was actually on the manufacturer from him and Dino. Dino claimed he did all of it because he joined in such a short time. He didn't have time to actually show him the songs. Christian right. claimed that he played on at least some of it, which is fair. And I guess he, they did both agree that they, he had some co-writing on Piss Christ. He did all the stuff on um, Obsolete and D- Digimortal. He even did stand-up bass on, on Edge Crusher, which I think is kind of cool. Hmm. So in turn, he did all the guitars and bass on Archetype, and Byron just played them live. And I, I've said it before, dude. This is my favorite lineup of Fear Factory because it has a little more 
I don't know, give to it. And I, I love the, the strict, you know, regimented mechanical nature of old Fear Factory and current Fear Factory. But there's something to the way that Christian played that I really like too, where it's yeah. a little bit of that, but it's a little looser, you know? And just the overall vibe was a little more relaxed too. Mm-hmm. And I thought he had really good stage presence. You say you never saw them with Christian? No, never saw them uh, with Christian. Bummer. Okay. So like, yeah, dude, his, his stage presence, he was headbanging the entire time and it was sick, dude. Sweet. And he had those cool reverse headstock uh, Jackson 7 strings. Oh, was a, okay. It was a good time, dude. To think that that lineup only really lasted for like maybe two years is kind of a bummer. But it was a sick-ass two years, man. Yeah. Like, th- that, that was the lineup I really – I was like, oh, this is what it's going to be from here on out. And then it, it wasn't very much longer. So, um, But, yeah, dude, Cyber Waste talking shit oh. about people that talk shit about him on the internet. Nothing awesome. you say yeah. matters. Yeah. They filmed a video. Stop with the so good, man. Yeah. Like fucking dude. And like the the clean guitarist tone in fucking human human shields. Yeah. And the yeah, way yeah, he yeah. see dude, I think on this album, dude, this is easily fucking Burton's best singing. I can see Yes, it is. Yeah. I, I would agree. Singing, the level of singing, and also I mean, I know some of it's the producer, but but also like the vocal layering and the harmonies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than all the stuff they did before, you know, oh, fuck. I mean, it, to, to me, dude, like it's, it's easily their fucking best album. It is their most melodic. It is the most radio. It's the, it's the least heaviest out of all of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, it's still heavy. I, yeah, actually, I've heard that. I've heard transgressions even less heavy than this one. I don't know. Um, I'll let you guys talk about that in a yeah, minute. Cause I'm going to take a break well, for a sec. But, but this dude, this one, and it's weird too, because like when it, when I first got it, like I said, I mean, I didn't even know it was different, and then I found out it was different, and I listened to it, and like I caught myself putting this in more than any other album of theirs at the time, mm-hmm. um, and even after. You know, even when when um, when back when like Mechanize and, and the Industrialists were still on Spotify, yeah. you know, like I had, I, I kept catching myself going to YouTube <laughs> you know, to, to, get this one. Yeah. To, to listen to this. And, you know, there's just there's some about I don't know. It, there's some about the the melody lines that they're using. Like I said. There's a lot of stuff that's melodic. We don't just all like everything that's melodic just because mm-hmm. it's melodic. It, yeah. There are certain things that um, – there's certain melody lines that can actually ev- evoke a fucking particular emotion without any lyrics at all. And this album has a lot of that for me. Like, it's kind of weird. Absolutely, Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I do know some of the words and stuff like that. I mean, because like I said, he is singing a lot on this fucking album. And yeah. I, I, I understand why he's, I don't know. I don't know if he just is like in the, in the fucking zone or what. He has you know, a lot I to feel say, like sure. he's always been a good singer. It's just for some reason on this one, it's just like a whole different thing. And, and I don't know, it could be production. It could be, you know, something else. I don't know. No, I, I absolutely agree, man. It sucks so much that because of the label that it's on, like I, it's one of those ones you go to try to find albums by bands that were on SPV, uh, 
I think Roarback might be on there now, but Dante Twenty One isn't on 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 streaming or digital in general. No, like uh, iTunes or anything. Same with Dead Again by Typo. This this fucking album, I think, went or this label, I think, went under, and so like the rights to it are just floating in limbo. Couple oh no, with- I'm staring at the album cover right now. It's it was picked up by Roadrunner Records. It's Archetype? on Roadrunner Records. Yeah, it says Liquidate right there, and there's a Roadrunner Records sticker right next to it. No shit. Here's, here's the difference. This is the one where all the music is written by fucking Raymond and fucking Christian. Christian. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless otherwise noted, which that means the, the sick Nirvana fucking cover of School. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, so, but that's the thing. They never, okay, according to them, they were never fired from the band. That's it right. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. When Dino and fucking Burton got back together and fuck, they reconciled and they did fucking mechanize. Essentially, what happened was they fucking made a fucking totally different fucking band and just mm-hmm. called it Fear Factory. Right. Yeah. But on paper, legally, it's Christian and Raymond were still part of fucking Fear Factory. So anything where the music is done by Christian and fucking Raymond it's not going to be released anywhere because no one has fucking, they're not giving the rights to it. God, this fucking song. I got a ghetto bird fucking yelling at me. Really? I I don't hear it. Can you make out what they're saying? How appropriate for the fear factory episode. Hopefully they're (laughs) saying wear a fucking mask. Yeah, that's true too. And release archetype. Um, that too. But yeah, that's, that's essentially, I, as far as I can tell, that's why this, this is the old, you know, and, and honestly, I don't know what the deal is with mechanizing the industrialists, but for a long time, those two were on Spotify they as were, well. So it, it's, it's all candlelight. It's, it's because candlelight. Something okay. Went so weird. then this stuff is specifically only on YouTube because of probably because there's got to be some deal work between the four of them. Yeah. That fucking sucks. That, that, that means this is an album lost to time. There's a whole new generation of kids getting into Fear Factory because they see like Code Orange talking about him and wearing the shirts and other bands citing him as an influence. And this is just going to be, going to be those chapters because it was a weird chapter for the band at the time, sort of. And it sucks too, dude. I don't like, there's a couple people that are fervent that this is like the worst Fear Factory album. And I don't respect their goddamn opinions about anything else because they're clearly fucking stupid. Everybody yeah. else loved this album because it was awesome. Um, yeah. Even the weird chicken bone cover thing was an interesting move. Um, but like, so that sucks. This, this is a prime album that gets not talked about a lot on, enough in my opinion. Awesome no, songs. Man. Yeah. Fucking slave labor is a great opener. Cyber waste is cool. I like drones, which is a funny sentence to say in general. <laughs> Corporate cloning. I fucking love. And, um, is it this one? No, it's one of my, one on my list. Corporate cloning is a diss track about American idol and other band or, uh, ones like that. Bite the hand that yeah. bleeds, as we mentioned, was um, yes. Up, oh. is that it? Yeah. What are they saying? I can't tell what they're saying. I heard something about nine one one. That's always a good start. Um, but yeah, there was two versions of the video for "Bite the Hand That Bleeds." Undercurrents, an awesome song. Uh, yeah, they're all awesome, dude. Yeah, Human Shields and Ascension. This one is so painfully underrated. Okay, I see what it is. They were both DVDs, and one was a live DVD. Which should be yeah. Cool. I'm trying to. I'm like, I didn't realize that because 
I will. I will now. I want to own it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll bet you they're both on. I'll bet you they're both on YouTube. I, I like the one we got though, where it's the behind no, the scenes. I like thing. that one too, but yeah. I'm like now because I've been. Next time you ever come over here, um, I'll show you the library of it fucking cool. yeah. menu of uh, metal fucking videos. I've just been like collecting the shit out of them because everything's going out of print and it's just getting super hard. Like that typo negative one, the their uh, only DVD release, the Symphony for the Devil or Sympathy well, for the Devil or whatever. Yeah, there, there's that and then there's After Dark, which was a, a DVD transfer of the VHS. Yeah, Very different it, from one another. Oh, vastly. But uh, they're they're like collector's items now, and they're like hundreds of dollars on eBay. And so yeah, I'm just like, when I find a band, I do this. So I just had to get Soulflies. Uh, they apparently put out on two albums, like in 2008. I can't remember which fucking albums, but they included a live, like professionally shot DVD. And so I had to order those motherfuckers from France <laughs> during the pandemic, and I just got them. <laughs> I have no idea. Damn, dude. I wonder how long they haven't been on Roadrunner. Because that's the thing. It's like when the Roadrunners band go off Roadrunner, there's either they went right to Nuclear Blast or there was like this weird in-between period a la Fear Factory. Yeah. Oh, that's right. There's a bunch of that between this and Nuclear Blast. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, we're huge proponents of Archetype. We think it's underrated. This is my favorite lineup. This is my favorite configuration. I'm fucking stoked I got to see them as many times as I did because uh, it didn't last long enough in my opinion. Um so then we move on not a year later. That's the crazy. Wait, no, 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 no. Hold on. Yes, not a year later is transgression, which is really weird that it took that short amount of time. So the reason for that, it was another thing. They were contractually obligated to push an album and they were having crazy fucking problems and all the legal shit was coming up at Yikes. the same time. Um, that's been plaguing them ever since, right? And so they rushed, and you can hear, yeah, the production quality is by far, everything sounds like it's a demo. Okay, mm -hmm. um, yeah. hold up. This is where I'm going to mute, and cool. I'm going to take a break real quick. Cool. I'll let you guys talk about transgression, because I don't really know much about it. Don't want to get into it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Fair All enough. Right. I'm going to yeah, my phone. So... I got. I don't. Did, I don't know if you bought the physical copy, but yeah. I did, and I still have it. And to this day, it's a fucked up disc. Because yeah. Okay. You have problems one too. One side is a DVD. Yeah. And the other side is music, but it won't fucking play in anything. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And when I when I was ripping it, when I was updating and and transferring everything over to my new laptop, um, like the computer did not want to fucking read it. Yeah. It was. I, so I have no idea what's on that fucking DVD. I've really? never been able to watch it. Yeah. It's more or less the same as the, uh, as the archetype one. It's just them recording and talking about what went into the album. Like it's nothing special, but it's it like, cool. even if you look at it, like if you pull it out or whatever, like the disc itself is super thick. Yeah. It's like almost like they put two together on one yeah. side. That was some shit they tried for a while back in the day. So it's, you know, that was them cheaping out and being like, Oh, let's just do it both on the same yeah, side. Let's just and combine it. Well, it, it did. It definitely didn't work out. Um, I still have it. Same, I'd yeah. like to see it just to watch it, but I'm sure it's on fucking YouTube, but that's what I thought too. Um, yeah, here, just like that. I'm looking up the damn live dvd for archetype and it's fucking like a hundred dollars <laughs> import god damn dude but uh 
gold. This fucking album. I, I was disappointed when I initially heard it. After coming off of Archetype, I was like, what the fuck happened? But the disappointment like went away after pretty quickly and just son of a bitch. Like it it is a very underappreciated album and I get it. It's it doesn't sound similar to the other albums. It's its own thing, but yeah, it's not a bad album. It's not a bad album, no. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, man, Digimortal is the worst one. And then a lot of people are like, no, this is the worst one. And I've I'm never understood like, people that fucking say that either, that Digimortal is the worst one. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah, we'll get into know, that later, too. Go write one better then, motherfucker. Yeah. So, so I agree. I, it's interesting because it's like they're almost trying different things with this production where it's like they want to get a little more organic. And like Archetype seemed like it was a little more organic without maybe trying this one, it's just like they're almost going for that, like, maybe this isn't a right comparison, but the, like, kind of Slipknot, Sepultura, tribally vibe, because that that snare has a weird sound. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, when did uh, fucking, what is it called, St. Anger come out? Was it around this time? 2003. I wasn't going to say that, but you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah this, was, this was the era of, hey, let's experiment with sound. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So that was the trip, man. This one wasn't Reese Fulber. It was uh, Toby Wright. And I remember that was the big thing. It was eventually, I think they shut Christian out of the process. And then he, he claims, because he wrote all of um, Archetype, and then he claims he was shut out for all the writing and stuff of, of this album. And there was a whole hoopla about that and how Toby Wright wasn't the right guy. They just wanted to try something different because he worked with Corn and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. This was an experiment that probably was the turning point. It sucks, dude. There's an alternate universe where this lineup is still going, and but probably not. Yeah. If that means that the egos were kind of clashing at this point, it was it was going to happen regardless. Yeah, shit fell up. Totally fell apart. Yeah, at this sucks. point, because like yeah. for a year, it was so awesome, dude. Um, yeah. But again, I maybe because it's the time. I actually liked this when it first came out, but I was at the same time I was like, well, but it's not. It's no archetype either. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how I took it too. I, that's, that was my, I was expecting basic cause it was happening so fucking fast. I was like, God damn, they're already coming out with another album. And I don't yeah. even know if it was a full year between the two. Let me um, see. So it was April 20th, 2004 for, um, archetype. archetype. This is August 23rd, 2005. So it's a year and change, but it's year still and change. very but I mean, soon. Well, that's like the norm now, too, which is funny. Um, Bands are just fucking shitting out albums left and right. But, uh, yeah, no, but afterwards, when it hit, there's some fucking grinders on this, man. Yeah, Um, dude. I still love, so I had to look it up, 400,000 degrees Fahrenheit. 540,000 degrees Fahrenheit. I love that. That's the opening track. Yeah. Um, And it's awesome. Another one there that fucking rages is spinal compression yeah oh god like so that chorus it's one of those songs where it's like verse and then the pre-chorus and then instead of doing the chorus they go right and do it the uh, verse two and then the outro that's like this pressure down on me. and i'm like yeah. fuck yeah man i like <laughs> contagion that it's kind of got a cool little dingy yeah. but, but melodic hook Fuck, man. I I need to listen to some of these again. I don't remember the song Empty Vision. I didn't really care for the U2 cover. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Uh, I didn't, but that was whatever. the first time I've heard that song, so I didn't know the original. Yeah, I like I, I, the same for me. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then, um, 
But the whole thing was reading about it is they were rushed and just had to get an album out. So they were plagued with all kinds of problems. And that's why none of this shit is polished for the most part. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And also I think I wouldn't be surprised if trying to get onto uh, Jai, was it the first Gigantour in 2005 with Megadeth? I think so. Yeah. And they played the main stage or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so like, I was just like, I guess that would make sense, but you're still coming off of archetype at that point. I I wouldn't see why you're crunching for time in a way that you don't need to be, which sucks. But if there was some sort of legal obligation, I could see that. So that that's unfortunate for a number of reasons. Empty vision. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Echo of my scream and supernova were co-written by um, Billy Gould from faith. No more. And at the time, Brujeria. So that's interesting. Uh, then after that, you got New Promise, which is the first time they ever had a solo in a song, which was co-written by Mark Morton. Oh, that's right. Yeah, from Lamb of God. And I, that was the thing. I don't know if he was the one that actually played the solo or if it was he co-wrote it and then... Uh, and then right, because Dino... Or no, I mean, uh, yeah, Christian. I don't know. That's right. Um, I don't... Not Dino. Fucking Christian. I don't know, because I've... I've never seen him. <laughs> yeah. Play. yeah. I've, I've never been clear about that. I, I think that's cool. Cause they did the tour of the year before where it was lamb of God. Um, there's lamb of God, fear factory, just putting out both of them. So it was lamb of God as, or, uh, as the palaces burn. No, no, no. What's the one after ashes of the wake. Ashes of the wake. Yeah. yeah. Fear factory archetype Throwdown is in between haymaker and, um, Vendetta. Uh, Vendetta. Yeah, when they would have still been covering Sepultura, and then it was um, Sworn Enemy. Like that's a sick fucking tour, dude. Oh, At least yeah. I think that's what it is. I I don't know. They toured. That was I. I just remember being Fear Factory, Lamb of God, and Throwdown on the same bill was enough for me to be like, God damn it, why didn't I go to that? Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. So it's it's a bummer. It's just like. I didn't know how all this shit was shaken down at the time. I just remember that. Later that same year, 2005, I come back early from Thanksgiving break or whatever because we were visiting family up north. I come down and I go to House of Blue San Diego for the first time, which is brand new. So this is a hell of a way to do this. And, uh, and yeah, dude, Darkane, strapping young lad on Alien at the time, I think. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. It must have just come out that year. Then it's soil work, and soil work's coming off of natural. No, 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 no. It's um, stabbing the drama. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, and then and then Fear Factory on transgression, and that's one of my favorite shows of all time. That's my favorite Fear Factory show of all time. Pa- probably my favorite strapping. That would have been second to last time I got to see strapping. Oh um, God. Yeah, because that was the thing, dude. First time this will be a for a strapping episode. First time I saw them, they never played All Hail the New Flesh, and I was really really bummed. And then they played Holy it every, shit. Yeah, they played it every time after that, dude. So thank fuck. We will definitely yeah. be hitting up Devin Townsend as soon as as soon as that's Yeah, I know. I think my tickets are still just postponed indefinitely for that. <laughs> so do you know he does like full concerts on Twitch now that you can watch after the fact? I did not. Yeah, yeah. I'll shoot you in link when he says he's okay. putting together another one. He some of the ones he's already done might already be up. So I'll I'll shoot him to you as soon as I remember. Oh sweet. Afterwards. He's done a few of them. He's done a few of them, and uh, and that's the thing, dude. So many. Yeah, because all I have, I have like all this DVDs and Blu-rays of uh, strapping, and then uh, the one uh, where they're live and plov div or whatever the f- how the fuck it's pronounced. Oh, is that the uh, one where they do Ocean Machine back to front? Yeah, they do the. It's, it's like a three-hour show. They do Ocean yeah. Machine start to finish, and then 
um, just a mix of everything, strapping and like the hits from his 10,000 different projects. Yeah, dude. I, I fucking love Devin Townsend, dude. Yeah. So also of note on the same topic, because actually that's where we're going. I just realized Gene Hoagland is on uh, Twitch as well now, and he's a fun watch. I didn't know he rehearses in Claremont Mesa. Like, like he, I mentioned, hey, from San oh, you Diego. Didn't know that? I didn't know oh, that. Oh, yeah. How yeah, about, I seen him uh, he, with uh, Steve Brogdon from Newcomb. Yeah. Uh, they do a lot of work together. I forgot he's down here. He's like, he's, I, I say hi from San Diego on there. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm down in San Diego too. I was like, get the fuck out of here. That, that would explain why he's, I saw him at shows for so long. Yeah. At break, you can always spot him. Yeah. Nine feet tall. Yeah. In the nicest, nicest fucking guy in the world. Go, go watch and subscribe his, his Twitch. It's, it's awesome. Sweet. everybody. He's fun as fuck. He plays stuff from death. He plays stuff from uh, death clock. He'll play uh, strapping obviously, but he'll play shit from like Slayer and bands. He wasn't even in. That's it took awesome. me so long to get into Twitch, and now I'm so fucking about it, dude. But that's that's an episode for another day, um, especially right now when shit's iffy. Um, so yeah, dude. I mean, that's a high for me as far as Fear Factory goes. Is that pinnacle right there? That was, and I thought that's how it was going to continue to be. So I was bummed when it wasn't. I remember. Yeah. Here comes my high. Yeah. Yep. So I remember seeing. Uh, to cap this whole era off, I remember seeing Strapping, and that ended up being the last thing Strapping ever did was OzFest 2006. Uh, he literally broke the band up right after that. So I got to meet Strapping Dev and Dev Dev, which were two very different people. That's yep. a story for One is day. on medication, one is not. Yeah, yeah. That was gnarly. Um, and I talked to Byron, and I was like, cool, man, see you with your factory in the fall. And I had to miss it for some reason. That sucked. But it was they were trying to go. You could tell the direction they were going to intend on going from there because it was fear factory, suffocation, hypocrisy, and decapitated. God damn. Oh, yeah. So they were definitely headed back into the soul of a new machine aspect. Yeah. And then you don't hear shit for years, which is a huge yep. bummer. And then you hear this, hey, man. I remember how his phrase originally. There's a there's a new band in the works from um, Dino Cazares and it's it's Dino Cazares, Burton C. Bell, Gene Hoagland, and Byron Stroud. So it's half Fear Factory, half Strapping Young Lad. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. And then days later, it's like, no, this is Fear Factory now, and I'm just like, yeah. new album. <laughs> okay. What happened to Brian Christian? And then you get little tidbits here and there about all that. And this is the one that snuck up on me. I had no idea any of that was going on. Yeah. Did I, I didn't know I was. It'd been five years. I mean, yeah. So apparently, what happened was uh, so Bert joined, maybe he's still in, I, I still don't know, uh, ministry as an ancillary vocalist. And he would come out and do this the second half of the show, starting with just one fix. And I, I'll tell you, man him on those ministry songs was pretty good uh then they put that weird al jorgensen voice filter on it so it sounds all but like it's yeah. doing it so it sounds fucking sick and so apparently <laughs> what, what happened what, what the muppet voice was that? <laughs> Dude, again. he's out there doing fucking beaker yeah but you know you know what i mean that 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 voice in the fan ass fucking yeah. voice thing yeah so imagine oh, yeah. that on bert and it sounded fucking cool um and so what happened was at the LA date, which must have been either before or after the San Diego date, because I went to that. It was supposed to be Ministry's final tour, Meshuggah opening, awesome tour. Um, and so, yeah, apparently Dino went to the Hollywood date at the Old House of Blues, now Old House of Blues, and ran into Burt, and they reconciled there. 
And then, so that's what got wheels in motion for that. And then all of a sudden this is fear factory now. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a bummer. Like what happened to Ray and Christian? And I'm sure there's all manner of story we don't know and probably won't know behind the scenes about certain things. Cause that was the other thing constantly on that X-Men episode, Doc Coyle did with Christian. He was trying to ask him certain things and his statement in the most legalese possible way was cannot comment on that or something like there's shit that he couldn't talk about. So it's gnarly, dude. Um, but we got a new fair factory. What was going to be the new fair factory that Christian and Ray were a part of? Game Archaea. Archaea, yeah. yeah. And if you've never listened to that, it's interesting. It's definitely, it's different. It, I, I don't know that it needed to be called Fear Factory. I'm kind of glad it's Archaea. Yeah, I am factory. glad it is too. Because even, and I'm a big fan of, um, is it John Howard? Is yes, that his name? From yeah. um, Threat Signal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so, so I love Threat Signal. I don't think that that was like a good mesh-up at all. Like the songs are super forgettable. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing on that album was like, oh shit, I need to hear that one again. Yeah. Um, it's dude, weird, dude. I like that. I like that album. I don't like Threat Signal. I like, I like, I love the lineup for Mechanized, but I don't like Strapping Young Lad much. It's really weird to me that. Actually, it's it's not that weird. Just because it's the same people doesn't mean it's the same shit. I guess. I mean, no, exactly. It's yeah. not that weird. I guess, but it it does seem odd to me that I like these all these players. But yeah, Mechanize is like my favorite like lineup. I mean, interesting. Okay. Hoagland on drums. Yeah, and so, I've never cared. I've I've never cared about Fear Factory's bass. Like it's that, yeah, you know, fair, whatever. fair. Yeah, so that was the thing. Me. I don't know. I don't know if Byron Stroud was in on, on any of the albums, even because I know he wasn't an archetype. But I don't know about yeah, transgression. Know Probably not. He, you know, they had uh, this time-honored tradition archetype. Yeah, uh, archetype. It says it says Christian Old Wolver's bass yeah. and you know guitars and bass on the credits. Yeah, it was just one of those things, and I, I have um, to guess that's the same for transgression. But so, go ahead. It's it's. It's weird, yeah, because like on the on the Wikipedia, dude, like I mean, Byron Stroud isn't even listed in the credits at all. Yeah, I mean, the, there's disputes um, about all sorts of shit about who was involved with what. At this point, the only consistent member of Fear Factory is Bert, which again, there, there's some weirdness with that later on, later too. Yeah, um, yeah but see, to me, it's like he is. I, I love I love Dino, dude. I really do, but this, I mean. Granted, to me, transgression sounded completely different. Yes. That's what I came away with, yeah. I want to fucking say that that might have been on purpose because I feel like when Archetype first came out, it's like, okay, Dino left. Christian's going to step up. Well, we still need to sound like fucking Fear Factory. He's been playing with them live enough to fucking be able to get the gist of it. Okay, this is what we're going to write. Like, I'm going to make something that sounds like dino would do where the second one without dino is like okay now we're gonna be christian fear factory right well so here's the thing aaron and i were talking about this he was actually booted out of the sessions at some point it was more of a burton wanted to try different things thing it was between him and the producer toby wright there's a whole thing on there about christian slagging off transgression because he wasn't allowed really much in the writing process so well, and I, w- I wonder if that's just, you know, did he want to like drift too far away from what Fear Factory was? 
I think that might like, have been is that what you're Bert. saying? Oh, that's it's what you're saying, but with Bert. I think he just wanted to go a completely different direction. And that's the thing, too, dude, is how much of this is hearsay from different parties at oh, some point. Sure. It all becomes yeah. like what was it, the, the, the truth is somewhere in the middle of all these, right? Like, we don't really know. Um, this is where shit gets really weird. I did like the Archaea record, but I definitely, if that's, I, maybe some shit changed hands when it became Archaea instead of Fear Factory, but that, if that's what it was, that's, yeah, I don't think that would have been a good Fear Factory record. So, yeah, I, I, and I think, okay, so Byron is listed on Mechanize mm-hmm. in the credits. So he, I mean, he, he's at least credited. Yeah. You know, but yeah, they've had this time honored tradition of the guitars handling the bass as well. But again, yeah, Andrew Shine is on soul. When you're playing this kind of stuff, you know, it's like it's like when Line Six came out the first time I heard fucking Dino talking about guitars and amps and whatnot. He had said, you know, when your you know solid state amps tend to get hot, you know, and it can alter the fucking sound. You know, and he said, like, and even then it's not fast enough, but tubes have a certain breathability to them, and they're not fast enough to keep your guitar tight if you're playing, one, fairly fast, two, you're trying to be really fucking tight. And he didn't, you know, he was talking about, like, you can use a noise gate, but then you lose a little bit of something off everything. So line six was digital amps. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where he was like, okay, this is like as tight as I need it to be, blah, blah, blah. And when you're playing that fucking tight, dude, and and the bass has to match the guitar rather than play a bass line, it's just going to match the guitar or match the drums. It is easier and faster, so that makes it less expensive to just have the guitar player fucking do it. Yeah, for you know sure. I mean? Yeah, that's the Especially, argument he had for demanufacture as for not having Christian do it. And it was yeah, a time and crunch, I mean, too. It, it would just seem like, okay, well, this is just easier to fucking do. And then after, as it goes on, it's like, well, this is just the way we've always done it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. You know, so, I mean, yeah, it's – but he is he is credited on, on Mechanize. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I forgot to mention, yeah, between that and that, Dino's kind of missing for a while. He does – he comes out with – Divine Heresy, they do the two records, the first with Tommy Vexed, now a Bad Wolves, and then Travis uh, on the second one of our good buddies, A Hero Within. Um, yeah, and then he's also doing Asesino, but it's like five years? No, four years between the two first two Asesino records, and then he's like now yeah. working on the third. And then all of a sudden this happens, and it's like, okay, cool. But you'd like, if, I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I heard Ray and Christian weren't involved, I was like, oh, something's missing. In, in, to me even with gene hoagland who's a fucking master on the drums dude um, well no when i when i heard it was dino was back i, I was cool with it yeah okay yeah Same. I, I, was, I was like okay what I, it's gonna be fucking good i mean like eventually like I when i heard the album i was like okay this is fuck. this is like it's like a hard pivot from transgression trying to get mega experimental and this is like an idea of what fear factory is supposed to be. It like still seemed a little weird to me, but like at the end of the day, yeah, dude. And you got Reese Fulber back on, on the production sounds awesome. The songs are fucking good. I, this is up in the upper echelon for me. I really, really like mechanized dude. Uh, power shift, the song mechanize. Um, I'm trying to think there's some other ones I like on there. Power shifter, excuse me, industrial discipline. Um, final exit. I really like, oh. 
um like this is a solid ass album and and then yeah we talked about the bonus tracks you got the re-recorded version of crash test from um oh Sold in the machine apparently there's a re-recorded version of martyr as well for yeah. the japanese but i didn't know that i'll have to look it's that not up. on spotify i've heard it but yeah it's not on spotify YouTube? yeah this when this came out this was like okay now this is what everything i loved about fear factory in the first place mm-hmm. bird Better sounds awesome riffs. on the streams you know, like awesome fucking vocals, better riffs, drums mm-hmm. are fucking perfect. It's yeah. not saying Raymond wasn't. I'm just saying, like, you know, and by this time, you know, listening to enough tech death and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, any number of drummers can play this kind of stuff. That's fine, whatever. Yeah. You know, it but it was it was like it's dude, the riffs, man. Yeah. Like, dude in fucking um Oh my god, I can't remember the name of the song. I think it's uh Fear Campaign where they have that fucking like the little fucking super yeah. fast sweep like almost sweep type shit like yeah. or actually yeah, it's either Fear Campaign or Christploitation like you know, and then speaking of Fear Campaign, dude, the fucking Save Your Failure part like mm-hmm. oh dude, it's so fucking good, man. Yeah, um, you know, and it's you know, save your yeah. failure, and it's got that. Like, oh man, it's yeah. fucking awesome, dude! Like this yeah. whole album is just like, oh dude, it's mm-hmm. so fucking sick. I was just like, hell yeah! Now we've got Fear Factory back again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah, and then going back to Gene Hoagland, you can tell it's not Ray, and you can very much tell it's Gene Hoagland, but his fucking stop on a dime turn around on the on the kicks works so goddamn well now here's what i didn't talk about before because i was saving it for this moment california metal fest in pomona 2010 me and bryce go up there and it's uh fear factory headlining they were slotted for three hours which in retrospect i'm glad they didn't um before that it's Whitechapel, still 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 on this is exile just before the other one comes out after that uh it's job for a cowboy when like just before it's about time for them to go away for a while um awesome lineups but it's it's just like right they played right after um Whitechapel when they were like just coming off of myspace and they were at their prime dude like they they slayed that they made it unfair for the rest of the night dude so that didn't help and then fear factory goes on and the only thing I was really stoked on, I mean, Byron's doing fine, but, you know, it's Byron doing Byron. He's just chilling. But Gene Hoagland was the only thing worth watching that night. Bert and Dino were pretty rough to watch, dude. Bert kept getting out of breath. Um, wow. He kept, like, He stumbling. did that at that one show. Um the last time we saw him at Brick, mm-hmm. but he kept killing it during the song. But do you remember when he would talk to the crowd? He was like, he was hunched over and yeah. he was like, how's over? And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? So it's that. So something clearly happened in those few years. Where, and it's just like, whatever, like dude's getting older, maybe. I don't know. He just, this is when it started falling apart for me. And I was bummed from here on out for the most, for a while. Um, Dino, I was not digging the stage presence. I, this is I mean, kind of chills up there now. Well, this was the thing. He was trying to do more than that, but it came off just like, okay, dude, just relax. Like, I remember me and Bryce walking away because Bryce hadn't seen Fear Factory, and he was he was so bummed. And the rest of the night, all we could do was talk about how awesome Whitechapel was. Um, but again, 
Gene killed it. That's all Gene does. Gene's a fucking machine. He's one of the best. But like that was that was a bummer. Uh, and then it comes out this whole thing with Gene having bad blood with Fear Factory because he got screwed out. He found out that they weren't using him anymore on the internet when there was announced, hey, it's just going to be Dino and Ray and a drum machine. Or excuse me, Dino oh, and Bert yeah, and the drum machine. Oh, yeah, those articles. Yeah, he and was he, like, I did it for him cheap, way cheaper than the normal, his normal going rate and just, yeah. Yeah, so that turned out which sucks. You know what's kind of funny though is he got replaced by a drum machine that he fucking did samples for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 That. Yeah. Yep. I mean, not saying it's funny, but it kind of is. It's okay. Fine. <laughs> yeah. It's ironic. It's, it's yeah, ironic. That's, yeah. Well, you know what else is funny is the dude that uh, John Sankey, who was in Devil You Know, and they had to change the name Devil You Know to light the torch because of this guy. Is credited as a one-time member of Fear Factory because he helped with the programming of those drums, which is fucking weird. <laughs> one time, yeah, I always I always knew it as he is the one that programmed all the drums, but I know him from the band Devault. Yes, I've, yeah, yeah. I've never really listened to Devil You Know or Light the Torch, but I listened to the shit out of fucking Devault's two albums, like big time. If I'm not mistaken, he's still doing that, right? Because that's like that was it's as far all as him, I know. Right? And uh, yeah. he, he was no reason for him to break up. It's just him. Yeah. And there, he, he, he was. <laughs> well, that's I understand. He yeah, he I understand he was a hard dude to work with because he was also the original drummer of Divine Heresy. It came out years later when they did the first surprise show as Divine Heresy at Dino's birthday thing 15 years ago or whatever. It was him, Tommy Vexed and Dino. And uh, apparently that relationship didn't last very long. So then they got Tim Young, who was fresh off of uh, Morbid Angel or between Morbid Angel stints or whatever. Um, so whatever to that guy. But yeah, so Industrialist comes out. I don't know. It's fine. I thought it, it kind of continued the same vein as Mechanized. It was only two exactly. years later. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was still like the super aggressive form of uh, fear factory just mm-hmm. a lot of speed shit tons of double bass um and i remember too being excited because I, I was excited when mechanized came out because i was like fucking yes finally more fear factory because i just want more like yeah for sure and uh and then industrious i was like god damn that's really quick last time this happened yes yeah it, it's <laughs> so- it's not bad i just feel like it's just like again it's like transgression i think it's it's it, it's almost like it's the B-sides to Mechanize. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> Holy shit. But... I fucking love... There I are some the fucking songs on here that... Uh, it's not my least favorite album. Um, it wouldn't be like in my top five albums, but uh, there's some fucking good songs on it, too. Um, it's just really heavy, and it's it's definitely... A uh, fucking depressive ends on a. I don't think it's a concept album, but like definitely ends on an unhappy note. It's a concept album. I was gonna say all of them are concept albums up to this point. I think it's just most of them are concept albums up to this point. It's just like sometimes they're not as overt with it because I there's one. Oh, but this I was act, this was actually listed as a as is a it? concept album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just not as in in your face about it, you know. Oh, but, oh, go ahead. Oh, this one, dude, like. Again, I mean, I would probably go archetype. I, just, I hate saying it. Well, I don't hate saying it. I really don't have any fucks given, dude. I fucking would go archetype right into fucking probably. I mean, I'd, I'd put D Manufacture second, Mechanize, and then the Industrialist, dude. 
Hmm. It's such a fucking killer album, dude. Like, holy shit. To me, and it's what Fear Factory fucking is. It's the riffs on it are fucking awesome. It's not quite as, I guess, I don't know. I guess maybe it's not as melodic. Actually, you know what? It probably is. Nothing's as melodic as a fucking archetype and transgression. Right. That, that was just a, that's almost an anomaly at this point. Yeah. You know, just, those are the two weird ones, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess maybe I just did, didn't listen to this one enough. I, Cause I was probably still miffed about the whole, they fucked over Gene thing. Um, oh, see, and I didn't, I didn't see it as they fucked anybody over. It's just, to me, it's like, if you're out, you're out, dude. Like, and it's like, okay, whatever. And, and don't get me wrong. I love Gene Hoagland, but it's just like, you know, bands are going to do what they do, you know? And, and it's like, all right, you know, like you got rid of the guy. All right. You know, fine. Um, especially then I didn't care why, <laughs> you know, maybe nowadays I care why if it's something fucked up, but yeah. Uh, like, uh, like a, one of our favorite bands, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I to me, it's just I've ranked this one a lot higher. But I mean, obviously, like, you, you have obsolete ranked a lot higher. Yeah, I think I we're do, so. Yeah, yeah. This this I think this might be your transgression. Well, your industrialist is maybe our transgression, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because like I I don't know. I have nothing to say about this one. If you guys want to throw out some songs that maybe I need. To uh, yeah. So recharger is a fucking beast, and so is difference engine. Those two off there, when I, and then when I was going back through the album, and granted, I haven't given this one as much love uh, because I was still fucking hyped up on Mechanize, even though it was two years later. And then, uh, but I, I, it's still like it. I don't have to skip a single song. Like, right. uh, I'm going to jam it. There's, there's no fucking dog day sunrises on this goddamn album. So. <laughs> Maybe I ought to give it. Did you remember what the big single was? The one that had the video and all that? Even if it was like a off this video? one. Yeah. Um, no, off the off Mechanized, it was Power Shifter. I don't know what it was for the Industrialist. There's like, fuck, man. You got fucking Difference Engine, yes. You got God Eater. Great and name. dude, fucking New Messiah. Like, fuck, dude. There's. Yeah, yeah that's. Every, it may have been I New Messiah. I fucking love. I love every song on there, you know, and I haven't really, I don't have it pulled up on YouTube right now, but um, I have heard the cover of Landfill by um, Pitch Shifter. What was that on there? Oh, um, that's pretty cool. Definitely. I, I See, I think there's, I've never heard it, um, but they have a timelessness too really it's super short man it's only like 310 oh yeah it it's uh, something. i was like wow that's weird it's yeah. actually super short but it's timelessness too um, i know that it's an acoustic thing i guess mm-hmm. is what it is but i've never actually heard that that makes two of us i guess i have a date with youtube later so that's worth noting too these are both on candlelight there's something weird with candlelight and streaming stuff so these aren't these two aren't available for streaming either, but they were at one point, which is the case with a lot of this shit. Dead Again by Typo was available. Now it's not. The The first two Leeway albums were available. Now they're not. Um, a bunch of stuff. It's weird. Know. Like I've never seen, I've never not been able to listen to these two albums and the two with Christian on guitar on YouTube. 
I mean, they're on YouTube. It's just like on streaming and whatnot. They're not on Spotify. They're not on um, Apple Music. Yeah, but I mean, YouTube streaming. So yeah, it's just it's just a pain in the ass, is all. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what that fucking single was off of Industrialist, man. Because I, I think it was New out. Messiah. I very probably. It's so much new Messiah. I, I love how at the oh. end of that that part too, Jason, and then he gets like the harsh vocals for the the finisher on that every time it's like, oh yeah dude Lord. i'm like yes <laughs> i guess i'll have to give that one another visit i um i'm determined to find this and make this happen one thing i'll go back and say is i found out years the later fucking, a god eater with that it almost sounds like fucking halloween theme dude yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe that was on purpose uh okay there's an industrialist song. Yeah, that's the first song. Oh, I guess that was it. All right. Um, maybe I'll have to go back and revisit all this. Anyways, one thing I thought was interesting was years later it popped up that um, because there's the Killing Joke cover, in addition to the YouTube cover or YouTube cover on Transgression, which I actually enjoyed. It turns out they recorded a Godflesh one and it never got released, so it's put up on the internet off some dude's fucking speaker on his phone or something. And that's cool. As much as like, I like the idea of Fear Factory covering Godflesh. It's cool. It's Anthem off of what became the final album of theirs at the time, Hymns. And it literally just sounds like the same song with Bert singing over it. And it's one of the only Godflesh songs that has all planes. <laughs> so just imagine that song with Bert singing over it and you've already heard it. So just, I thought that was an interesting tidbit. But the whole Bert, being influenced by Godflesh's clean singing thing coming around and being like, oh, that'd be cool. And then you hear it and you're like, all right. But it's just, it's just one of those little things. So, that I, yeah, I, I'm going to have to listen to Industrialist again. They burn the ground and start again by in, incorporating Mike Keller on drums, who was in Malignancy and some other stuff. Um, I know Eli's boys with him. He, he speaks very highly of him. He sounds like a cool guy, but like, damn, damn dude. Oh, from, dude, Malignancy is fucking sick. Dude. Yeah, Malignancy awesome so it's interesting to go from that to that but that's cool uh and on live bass you had matt from chimera who was also doing double duty in unearth he was the live bassist for unearth at the same time uh because he was fresh out of chimera at the time too so intro i never saw them on that lineup but that sounds cool because it's then that they signed with um nuclear blast in 2015 their old a&r guy monty connor no doubt having a hand in that and then it's uh how do you say this? Genexus? Genexus. Genexus, yeah. yeah. Um, and again, it's like that. It's just like, I remember being like, it's okay. I, I don't remember much from it. Do you guys? Um, it's the album I've listened to the least. Uh, it's good. Um, only because just like, well, fuck, I was way younger when Digimortal and all these other ones came out and I had all the time in the world. Now I got fucking responsibilities <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. so oh yeah well yeah. like everything's at your fingertips too right yeah and uh but going back through it i'm like man there's there's some good i would actually compare this album so after going through mechanized and industrials which are like hard heavy by far their heaviest albums next to soul of a new machine um genexus almost trying to dip back into the commercial aspect. I would say this and Digimortal are uh, their most 
commercially focused albums because like dielectric um the fucking closes on this album are fantastic expiration date and enhanced reality they're fucking awesome awesome and that's what we were talking about earlier is uh the closers on the albums up until uh uh obsolete like those were my favorite until these have come out final exit on mechanize and expiration date and enhanced reality on Genexus are just, man, they're fucking great. And they're way different than your typical fear factory song. Hmm. Uh, Proto mech is really good. Battle for your expiration date and enhanced reality. I don't think there's any guitar on it. No. Yeah. um, There's like, like a distortion effect. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they're good. They're really, really good. Hmm. I'll have to go back and visit this one too. I don't, this is those last two ones. I just don't remember much of, and maybe it's like you said, it's like you're, <laughs> you got a lot more space to fill up in your, in your memory when you're starting out listening to all this stuff. And maybe it just had the disadvantage of being the last couple. Yeah. I, um, I think it's funny. This is the only other one available. Dude, it's probably, I think s- there's a ton of, a lot of this dude is like anything after 2012 or 2013, dude it's so hard to give anything fucking time because everything is available. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Everything is available and you're constantly being pummeled. The more you're on social media, the more you're fucking seeing, Hey man, check out this fucking band. Hey man, check out this fucking band. Hey man, check out this band right now with everything fucking with all the concerts and whatnot shut down. Now you have a bunch of collaborations. You're fucking like super hooked on fucking Twitch. You have, Netflix, I mean, movies are competing for your time. TV shows are competing for your time. If you have fucking kids at all, like, forget about it, dude. Like, if if you have a job, forget about it. Yeah, and it's... Podcasts, you know, podcasts are vying for your time. There's so much media available right now, it's hard to concentrate on one fucking thing. And that's exactly what happens. Like, listen to it. I had... So, when those albums, I had physical copies and, you know, back then still in fucking high school, and uh, I have all the time in the world to sit there and dedicate and do nothing but 100% attention to it. And so the last couple, absolutely can't. I get them, and then it's like I can hear a few songs when I'm driving into work, and I'm like, awesome. But then when I'm at work, it's playing in the background. I'm dealing with all the shit, and then, you know, I'm coming home. I got wife, kids, and everything, and it's – there's no way I, like – like I'd have to go on a fucking vacation to be able to just sit there and be like, all right, <laughs> let me really fucking dive into this album. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I really love about doing the fucking podcast. And one thing I really, I really want to try and work on a little bit more is, is deciding on a fucking band quicker so that I have more time to fucking to give to it because the podcast does force me to fucking listen to a specific thing. Cause otherwise if if I'm listening, if I even listen to music, dude, like a lot of times, man, when I'm in my car, you know, I'm listening to a fucking podcast, you know, and it's like, right. I'm already finding issues of being behind on that shit. And, and it's like, yeah, well, it's, there's not enough time in the day. Yeah. To, to, yeah. Getting old to fucking I mean, sucks. <laughs> well, it's not just getting old too, man. Like right now, dude, it's, there's never been a fucking time like it is right now where we are literally just fucking shit hammered with fucking media and just content. Oh yeah. Tons of it, dude. Everywhere. 
it's crazy. Yeah, it, every other day, there's another. It, fucking it's all the time. I get, channel. I get. Yep. And it's the same thing with music because everybody's like, "Hey, if you check this band out, if you check this band," and I'm like, "But they're coming out of the fucking woodwork because you can access everything now." And I'm like, "Fuck, I haven't even gone through the. I've heard like one song from the last eight suggestions." And I, so I haven't even followed yeah. up on those. And then another one comes up and it's a band that I do follow. And I'm like, fuck. But, oh, yeah, man. So I'm first world problem shit right there. Me complaining yeah, yeah, that there's yeah. too much music. Yeah, too much oh, of yeah. a good thing, man. I so, mean, I'm about yeah. to fucking start recording my own fucking shit, you know, here soon. And it's just like, oh, man, when am I going to get time to fucking do that, too? Like, yeah. Yeah. I hear that for sure. So we've been going for a long fucking time. So we'll have to. Oh yeah, we'll have to make We this might have to. We might have to actually fucking do a little ending and then fucking release it as a two parter or something. Yeah. Did you guys be game for that? Yeah, I de- I definitely be game for that. All right, because I, I I I told you I was like, oh man, we should burn through the list, and now I'm just like, man, but there's a lot of there's good so much on my history list. with these yeah. albums. So <laughs> if, if that works for you guys, man, I this has been a blast so far. I definitely lost track of time. Sorry about that. Here's what I would like to do. I would like to take five minute break. Mm-hmm. We don't have to even turn anything off if you don't want to. I Just actually got to yeah, loose. Aaron's, Aaron's got a ski daddle. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Apparently, yeah. apparently his um, kids are lighting yeah, something on fire. About to burn the house down. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, would you be game? Just say deep dive on Fear Factory, and then we'll come back and do the list proper at some point. Yeah, we can yeah. do yeah, a much shorter. Uh, episode uh, where we just uh, uh, knocked out the. If it's anything like this, it'll be. We we'll, we'll have plenty to say about the actual songs. I, <laughs> True. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Fear yeah. Factory Part One: yeah. The History of Their Discography. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got like fucking two... songs because I'm, I'm sure my list is going to drastically change. Because even going through and talking through all these with you, I'm like. Ah, I'm looking at what I put down. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. This if anything, yeah. <laughs> if anything, it's the order. I, I'm still a little yeah. iffy on the middle. Top, maybe. So yeah, man, this has been awesome. Thanks again for joining us. In, yeah, thank you. In short summary, oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, in short summary, it's a bummer that things have turned out the way they have, and there's all the legal stuff because it's you know, I I don't want to get into it because it's out there for people to find. It's a lot of stuff's been unearthed. If you want, just Google the. It's it's interesting to hear all this shakes out. It's an absolute bummer, but it is what it is. Uh, hoping for the best in one way or another. Dino's put it out there. He wants to do a 25-year anniversary for Obsolete. Oh, please, God. Make it happen. Yeah, man. I don't give a fuck what they call themselves. I'll be there. Yeah, for real, for real. Just fucking fix, yeah. fix it up, dudes. <laughs> yep. So, everybody, looking forward to doing the list. Um, looking forward to sharing it with you all. Thanks again for joining us. We fucking love this band if this isn't abundantly clear enough. I think the only thing I'm going to have more problem with is maybe Misery Signals. Just wait for that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyways, (laughs) thanks again for joining us. Until then, eat your veggies. Fuck your prayers. See you then, folks. (laughs) Later. Later on, dudes. (laughs)